0: Lizardmen today we're going to do our next uh, race review and we're going to talk about the lizards and as we all know the great thing about lizards is they're fucking dinosaurs and they're super cool they're one of the coolest races in the Blood Bowl universe for us chaps and girls that play with toys because you know toy dinosaurs What's not to like? Uh, on this podcast today, I've actually got two guests, so we'll see how this goes. I might have to boot one halfway through if they start talking shit. Well, actually, they're both going to talk shit anyway, so who cares? Uh, first of all, I've got uh, Gritta again. Hello, Gritta.
1: Hello, Mr. Loin. Uh, how are we doing?
0: Nice to see you. And I would say, listeners, this podcast is going to go out before the first one I did with Gritta, so this is the first time he's on the podcast. Unfortunately, uh, his audio was shit last time, so he had to... Read it loads of times, and I really can't be asked to edit it, but it will go out at some point. And we've also got uh, Dan Telford, or Raging82, as we know him from the NAF, who is Team Ireland captain. Hello. What do you want me to call you on this, Dan? Dan or Raging?
2: Uh, well, well <laughs> Raging, if you prefer. I'll answer to both, but it's a pleasure. Nice to be here, Tom.
0: Do the Irish know you to be a very much a Raging captain? Do you tend to get right up in their grill when you're, when you're doing the, your bull, bull stuff?
2: No, I was just thankful that um i had the opportunity to to push them forward and i've been quite lucky before the coronavirus kicked off to get over to Ireland recently and i've started a lot of online talking and chat groups with the league commissioners out there to try and build a community and try and get it forward because it isn't the biggest unfortunately compared to the rest of the uh, uk so oh nice
0: that's good no it's nice here it's always nice to hear about the the community being built and Britta and I spoke on the last podcast a and I actually spoke to Mark the Commission on it about how lucky we are to be part of such a great online community the Blood Bowl is. We've managed to push on with Fumble and, and even Blood, I'm playing in a BB2 online league as well, which is awesome. Yeah. Right, let's dive straight into. Do you need someone, the- someone to burp you down.
3: Say yeah, sorry. <laughs>
0: Is it, yeah, Dan was just caught taking a quick swig of beer and then burping, which is, you yeah, know, that, that's fine. He's now grinning at me inanely. Right, let's move straight on to the Lizardmen. And fortunately, listeners, uh, compared to some of the other podcasts, like the Bretonians, we've got the Lizardmen Spike. And um, straight out front, gentlemen, uh, we had a quick chat, Martin. But um, the, the Spike magazines are good, aren't they? It's really cool to see the way that GW is taking them. We love the dinosaurs and we love the cool fluff and the way they've done it. They've add, added a little spin of like bringing the slan a bit more back into the lizards that they weren't before. But they definitely refer to them, which is really cool. I'll just read out the ending of, um, I'm sure you gentlemen, you power gamers are up with the fluff. But at the end of the Spike magazine, they talk about um, the slan shaping the world in accordance with the great plan to their masters. And as we know, the Blood Bowl universe is like a parallel universe to the old world. Like it, it's definitely up there with it but slightly parallel. Lizardmen serving the slan. so the Saurus and the Skinks we're talking about they do serve those Slaan but sadly this golden age has come to an end when the magical gateways beyond worlds erected at the poles of their planet by the slan collapse and then they go as they say the rest is history since the collapse of the polar gates the old ones have abandoned the world so, they brought the old ones back into Blood Bowl. And I, I think this is actually the first point where they've done that. Like, GW have not really had the old world, the old ones in the fluff of the Lisbon up until now, which is quite cool. And then, talking about the Slan again, they retreated into the deep hibernation. But the younger Slan, themselves ancient beyond compare, have passed the millennia studying astronomy, astrology, and coaching Blood Bowl teams. So, so they brought Slan back into the Lisbon. Um, and that's interesting because obviously we've always. You know, us vets, we played blood ball. I've played blood ball myself for 20 plus years, and I'm sure you guys have played for a similar sort of time. Um, the slan have always been we've had a similar we've had the old school slan team where they're more bouncy young toads, but actually bringing the old school fat slan in is, is interesting and it means we're probably unlikely to see another GW slan team, wouldn't you agree, Dan?
2: Um, well, with GW, uh, from from there, looking at, at at their right, they're right up of, of the race review, um, it's quite interesting to see that that take on it from the uh, from the Spike magazine um, because what's been shared with um, cyanide and everything else is that they're supposed to have been the originators of bloodbowl. You know, in in the old fluff, it's um, Roselle who you know the dwarf who broke into like an old stadium and it stopped a war between the orcs and the and the dwarfs, um, but apparently according to the Mage Priests, before the, the collapse and, and all that, depending on how well you know your Warhammer fluff. Um, they're the ones who were teaching the men how to play Blood Bowl well before the, the Dwarfs even discovered this old tomb. Um, so that's quite, a, quite an interesting take to see them starting to revert back to, to, to the lore of, of, of the actual team itself.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. And, and, like, and what, I, I would be remiss if I didn't plug my old favourites the simians at this point because that plays quite well into what you've been saying dan in that um i i actually wrote some fluff that was based upon old flan fluff that we've had um, and gw actually wrote some fluff about um like the beastman monkey men so the beastman monkey men kind of existed as a former beastman the monkey men um, but this fan fluff talks about a a new world league, effectively between the lizardmen, the Skaven, uh, human teams, but also the simian, and that's like where people have brought the simian, the monkey teams in. And like I wrote an old school fluff paragraph I'm reading now that's that's just about that sort of style. And you could see those sorts of teams, and Amazon as well, like those sorts of teams playing in this like new world league that's not the same as the Nestor and the Nephthol world league. And the lizardmen came to it later, so that kind of fits in with, with what you're saying about the fluff. that lizardmen might have been playing this for years. But, you know, we've had the old world leagues running and the Lizardmen kind of come into it. I guess you, Greta, you're not uh, super keen on the fluff, are you? So you've got absolutely nothing to add right now.
1: You've, got, you've nailed it there. Yeah, completely. <laughs> 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 I'm, all, I'm all about playing games, winning, gaming, fluff option.
0: Oh, so did you win really effectively in the DBL in the last season then, did you, Gritta? Was that...
1: uh, I didn't play with lizards. I played with goblins and I came just for the fun. <laughs>
0: I know, I am just putting a dig in there. Right, um, cool. Well, I think, I think that's enough on this bullshit fluff stuff. So uh, let's dive straight into the team roster. Ladies and gents, we're going to talk, uh, as we have in all of the race reviews, we're going to go through the roster first and talk about the stars. And we will tip our hats to the old stars because uh, GW have done this sort of update of the stars, which I'd be interested, Dan, to hear your view on because uh, we talked about it, Gritta, didn't we, on the last one in depth uh, yeah. about Setec and stuff. Um, but I'd be interested, Dan, to hear your view on it. Um, but they've got some new stars, which is interesting. And some of them are pretty good, actually. Um, and then we'll talk about tactics. We'll talk about generalism and tactics. And I think Dan's certainly got some stuff to add on that. And Gritta will talk about the general Lee tactics. You've done very well with Lizards in the ECCL, yeah, didn't you? and I think
1: Dan and I have got a different play style with Lizards. So we can, we can probably touch on pros and cons of both styles, I think. Because they, they, they generally are just two sort of styles, the way people build, them, build their team.
0: Fantastic. I'm looking to just pull the pin and let you guys go at each other's throats it's gonna be fantastic um, and then after the tactics ladies and gents we'll talk about uh, how to build your players and teams for a league so like how to how to initially generate your team and then how to build the players through it including a little uh, nod to the perpetual league which leaders probably aren't quite as strong as at as some teams but we'll we'll debate that and then also tournament play where i think they're they are really strong we'll talk about that later on so first of all the team roster there is an additional player to the Lisman for any old fuddy-duddies who are, who are listening to this, which I... Can you up.
1: see so him? Can you see him? Though, can
0: you see him? No. <laughs> he is disguised. But maybe, maybe he's wearing high-vis, Dan. Disguised but wearing high-vis. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> but we've got... First of all, before we get onto this new player, we've got the good old stalwart skink runners. And they are the Lisman linemen. They're probably the best stunty player in existence. Yeah, 0-16 to 16 of these guys... Uh, they cost 60k, so they are actually quite expensive, but you get what you pay for. Uh, movement 8, Strength 2, Agility 3, and then that Armor Value 7. They've got Dodge and Stunty, as we've said, and they have Agility Access as a normal. So, Dan, what do you think of these guys?
2: They literally are the lifeblood of the team. You know, um, people think that the teams a bash team. It's not. It's, it's a control team. And the, their speed and their movement is what lets you enable, enable you to be able to do that. You know, they're your only go to ball handlers, um, other than the new positional, which we'll, move on, we'll talk about when we move on to talking about him. Um, but that movement A is just absolutely phenomenal. You know, you've got reliable three plus stunty, dodge, stunty dodges that you can get them wherever you need to. You can swarm the ball. If someone breaks through your lines, you can swarm that, that particular player um, and, and bog them down with skinks. They are phenomenal. But, you know, with them being stunty, they people see them as the weakness, but they're not that they're, they're your strength,
0: and that's the thing, isn't it, Martin? That speed is what makes them so so good, isn't it?
1: Yeah, speed, versatility to get everywhere. I mean, Dan Dan's pretty much nailed it with his comments, I have got a lot to add. Um, yeah, they're the weaker point of your team in terms of people trying to get remo- removals, um, and they are the piece they're going to go after because you generally don't have many, uh, unless you're in sort of a, a longer league format. Um, but yeah, they're certainly not a weak point. As you said, Tom, they're the strongest stunty player on roster. Um, you can use them to swarm. You can use them to defend within reason. You don't want to put them out on the limb for no reason against a mighty bow tackler. Uh, but they can certainly do that. And, you know, if you've got yourself into a complete and utter hole uh, where you need to put the ball in in the next two turns, you might be within range, but you've got a solid screen of, of defensive players in front of you, unlike some other teams you've then just got the option to just play like a turd and dodge all the way through the middle, as I have done to some very good players in the past. Uh, and it's always very satisfying.
0: I think you did it to me, you <laughs> cunt. <but>, uh... <laughs> I've, I've definitely done it to you. I've
1: definitely done it to Paul Gegg as well. Uh, happy yeah. times. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's good times. I mean, it's interesting. You sort of hit the nail on the head there. The interesting thing about the Skinks, I think, um, is that they, they sort of push Lizaman into one of those few teams that actually quite really wants to kick first because the Skinks are so important. Like, actually, you don't care so much about if the Saurus are dying. The Saurus are there to be good, but the Skinks are the guys you can then score in two turns. So, you want to kick first, so you can use your player of archery with all your Saurus and Crocsagore to defend, and then use those Skinks to maybe like flood the ball. But then you could definitely score in two turns in the first half and then push on to win the game. And you're looking for that 2 1 grind, as we're going to talk about as we go into the tactics.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that's true in most circumstances. There might be some matchups where that's not the right thing to do, but for the majority it is, yeah.
0: And it's interesting, Martin, we talked on the last podcast about, um, well, uh, I keep saying the last podcast, but this is going to come up before the Undead po- podcast. I should talk about the Undead podcast, uh, where we talked about, um, you know, ghouls being put in the same bracket Dan, as Witch Elves uh, and war dancers and stuff of that player you want to foul. And in, an, in a weird kind of way, this is like a spunty player that almost falls into that bracket. Like if a, if a supercharged skink with some good skills is on the floor, that's a player that your opponent's going to want to foul, which seems ridiculous for a stunty player, but that's how important they are to the Lisman team.
2: Yeah, well, with, with the Skinks, you know, I said, we talk about team builds and stuff like that when we get to that to that subject, but you, you, ideally, you're only really protecting two. So you, you've got half of them to move around and control the pitch and they're your screens or assists where you need them or, or everything else. Um, you know, there's no it's perfectly good options of just tying up. Um, players with your stronger stronger mo- uh, pieces, especially if you can get a Crocsicore on there um, and then run the skinks around the back so you stop them dodging away options and stuff and make it harder so skinks, as, as I said initially are literally the lifeblood of the team they are all your tactical options
0: Absolutely Dan I think you hit the nail on the head um, and yeah, I think we can draw a line under the skinks there and move on to the new GW player uh, the Chameleon skinks of which you get 0-2 to two. Um, and they're an interesting player and i'll ask your thoughts in a minute gentlemen but um, they're 70k so they're 10k more than a skink uh, the movement's 7 so they're one slower which i think is kind of almost what kills them but makes them you know fun but not something that actually makes the lisman team better but the lisman team doesn't need to be better so that i'll talk about that in a sec uh, strength 2 agility 3 armor 7 so that's all the same as a skink they've got dodge and stunty exactly the same and then they've got both pass block and shadowing i mean pass block you're probably not going to use Uh, shadowing is quite quite nice like you can see they're using especially on a movement seven piece and I think that's why they're not movement eight um and I can kind of see why they've done that I mean yeah that I can see what GW have done with the new teams where they like to add either new positionals or change it around very slightly to change it a bit and I can imagine the debate they had you know in the in the sort of depths of Warhammer world where they were talking about you know we just can't really justify making Lizardman any better so we have to try and add a little bit of flavour which I think they kind of add without improving the team I kind of think that's what these guys have done what do you think Martin?
1: I think so um, like you I haven't quite worked out whether I want to use them where I would use them um, in, in the tournaments that they've been available in I haven't rostered one but the fact that they're only 10k cheaper and sorry we're moving on to team builds oh, but you, can base, you can base 10k more you can still build that into a pretty standard roster because you usually got an extra 10k to spend in tournament formats um, but enough of tournaments um <laughs> where do i see them being useful I, they're, they're an edge case for me where they could potentially be more utility than normal skink versus things like um elves potentially um skaven as well just just those sides that are more likely to chuck a pass and want to dodge away from you, i.e., are not a strength team, um, where well, you might get some value out of them, but it's debatable in my mind. I'm to be honest as much as anything. The reason I'm not rostered them is I'm worried about forgetting they've got one less yeah. And just Having thinking at the well, yeah. moment, and you go, oh shit, I'm out of range, or well, that's a GFI, and I that's and that's the big
0: on. point, isn't it, Gritter, about that actually. As we talked about before, movement is so, so important in Blood Bowl. And the yeah. Lizardmen are a control team who need that movement. I mean, wouldn't you agree, Dan? So actually having a Skink who's one less movement, not good.
2: Yeah. Okay. Pros and cons to the Skink. It, it was added to the team to, to give it fresh blood. Because you know, unfortunately, I don't know if we're going to talk about models and stuff like that, but I think a lot of people have a Lizardmen team that they've just made from old Warhammer figures. They've just cut the weapons off. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so Lismington come. You know what, what? What's going to make this new release from for Blood Bowl sixteen? You know the thing that makes it stand out and, and great. And they just wanted to add something new. The the thing that kills it is literally said minus uh, you know, minus movement. So movement seven, um, which is a it's a curse to this team because it sounds silly. I mean, movement seven for most teams is a, is a you know, is golden, and it is. You know, if you stand in the center part of your own half, you can reach any square within your half. So it, it is the seven movement seven is the ideal for any player. Um, but the 70K extra, I, I have to disagree a little bit with, with here. here is for tournament builds, you know, your standard 1.1, that kind of stuff. Um, it doesn't fit, that 70K is what kills it. Because the role it's gonna be doing in a team, yes, it's got shadowing and it's got agility access. So in a league, yeah, you could maybe give it sidestep, you can give him dive and tackle and, and it literally is just a screening piece. So, but you've got, you've got other skinks for that or already have agility access. You're putting a lot of SPP into a player, to, to fill one role which you could easily use with your because you're not going to use them to ball carry when you've got moving eight players you know and they want the catch and the sidestep and, and, and everything else I don't know um, when we're going to talk about what skills and stuff to give them but
0: yeah we will in the league bit later so yeah I mean yeah. I mean that's that's an interesting point I mean do you think they'd be more viable then if they had passing access like a lot of the new players do so if they had that passing access to get a leader um, for example in the tournament build would that make them better leader maybe,
2: but yeah um, well lead a nerd to steal if you use it for handoffs and stuff. That's the only, only thing I could think of. But then, you you know, again, with the movement eight and the other players, they're more reliable. You don't have to push them as far into your opposition's a- a half for the two-turn touchdown. Lizardmen live with, you know, two-turn, three-turn touchdowns. You want to force your opponent to score early. The only role I can see for this chameleon skink is literally just a screening player because he starts off with shadowing. So him and dive and tackle and sidestep makes him a little bit more powerful but you've got to invest so much to get him there first you know for a stunty player that you're what you're not scoring with him because he's not carrying the ball so how's he getting his SPP
0: he said (laughs) pros Dan what are the pros Pros and cons. You just, we you <laughs> just not use this player, basically. It's, it's I mean, that's why I say it's, it's a fun flavor thing, which, you know, people will, as we both, we all three of us play in the DBL now, people mm. will take it. Like, it's a new model and it's a fun thing, and, you yeah. know, he's got some cool skills and he's a bit of fun. But in terms of a sheer power improving the team, he doesn't. And I think, and actually, I think that's the point. I think GW don't want him to improve the team. So I think, in a way, they've almost nailed it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, this, if you flood him with a couple of skills, he becomes. So much better, but how do you get them there? Yeah,
1: yeah. So, so the only only thing I was going to add to, to what you're saying there, Dan, is just um, what I was saying about just on tournament build is you've usually got an extra 10k for a, a cheerleader or a fan factor in most of my builds anyway for one 100 TV. So that's why i was saying where it's almost you could put it in there for free, just for something different. um but I think the only skill that... doesn't improve it, maybe, Griffin, it doesn't improve it. No, yeah. it doesn't improve it. The only skill that's interesting, and why I say you know, against teams that have got more of a passing play, might become a surprise factor or an extra annoyance factor, is mm. the, pass, the he pass, has. It's pass block and stunty with dodge, right? So you, yeah, people forget he you has it. So a... get in there and make that receiver's uh, catch that much more difficult, both for the interception attempt and, yeah, they've got an extra tackle zone on and they weren't expecting. But it's... It's been, It's very niche. Let's be honest. It's not that valuable.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah fair enough. And I think that's. I think that, that's all fair. It's it's a good underline. As I've said before, he adds something to the team, whether that's good or bad. You know, leave it up to the listeners. And whether that's a fluff thing, that's cool. Like he's he's super cool. Like a chameleon skink is really cool. And the models. I mean, I, I actually really really like the models, and I think the chameleon skink is a cool model. So I I'd, I'd probably if I was paying a league and I was like taking him, I'd, I'd be like, why not? He's not actually going to reduce the effectiveness that much. He's just not optimal because of that movement. I would, I would yeah. say, if he was moving eight, I'd be like, yeah, fucking why not? So, like, take, so take you more movement eight. He's got some other skills, but it's that like movement so, seven.
1: So Tom, you wouldn't really sort of play into the, the fluff of this character as I'd expect you to then where you just secretly mark under the base that it was a chameleon
2: skink. <laughs> Which one is it? Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah, yeah.
2: yeah no. Damn, it's that one. I didn't expect it to be. Yeah. You, don't, you, don't, you, you don't even need a model. You just have the, uh, have the base. <laughs> it's just, it's yeah. invisible.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's fucking invisible. You can't see
2: him. Oh,
0: oh shit, he was there. Yeah, no, absolutely. But yeah, so I mean, of this team, if the skink are the two veg, I'd say the saurus are probably the meat. The meat and two veg are the skinks of the lizardman team. Uh, Saurus. I mean, they bring well, what the big strengths, we'll talk about the tactics in a bit about Lisman, is they to an extent can both bash and adge, they've got the ability to move but also hit people, not off the bat but they can hit people a bit later on down the line, um, but the Saurus uh, is that mobile strength piece that the Lisman have, and what's really key with these guys, and uh, I'll, I'll bring you in in a minute, gents, uh, is that you can get six of these fuckers, so you can get six Sorus. Uh they're 80k so they're exactly the same as a Blackhawk uh, and for that, you get movement six, so much faster. Strength four, agility one. I mean, who cares? Once you're agility one or two, you're probably not going to use them for that anyway. Uh, armor value nine, so super solid. No skills to start with, but they have got general and strength. Again, the same as a black Blackhawk. So if you look at them in comparison to a black Blackhawk, they're just so much better. And they bring yeah. the speed, the mobile kind of bashy side to the Lizman that makes them so unique, don't they, Dan?
2: Yeah, I mean... Yeah. You, you can't rely on to handle the ball, but they're the they're the players that are handling your opposition. You know they're controlling where they're going because you know you're using that movement and that strength to try and tie in players. You know, everyone keeps going on about teams like Dark Elves and everything else, but they need to bunch up to take your players down because you have that extra strength. And the the scary thing is is the fact they don't start with skills, so they are literally the ones that need all those things they have access to (laughs) yeah um but you know they can control your line they are reliable with the av um it's it's later on when when you start facing claw teams that they lose a little bit of their worth but they're they're following up they can keep up pretty much with your skinks to to get them where you need to you know and a lot of people talk about they they, they're the weakness but one of the weaknesses of the team is that they can tie them up easily but if you're a fairly decent player, you're not putting them next to each other, you're creating those gaps, or you are controlling your, your blitz movement perfectly, then you always have a couple of them moving, and they are moving to where you need them to be. That's, that movement six is phenomenal on a, on a strength four player. And then, you have, as you, as you say, you've got so many of them, you can just you know, control, control the pitch, control what your opponent's doing, and that's the whole point of Blood Bowl.
0: Yeah, and that, and that's an interesting point. I think, Greta, that you definitely you're a big proponent of like break tackle early on Saurus, aren't you, to keep that strength six that, that sorry that strength four mobility. Am, am I wrong? Yeah,
1: you know you're right. But you, I mean, if you're doing a league build, you need to start off with sunblock. Somewhere. Sunblock,
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah, but, but break tackle is stronger isn't it? Yeah
1: um we'll come on to that later i think that'll be a longer longer discussion
0: yeah okay we'll talk about (laughs) it but yeah i mean so the Saurus, like i said to sort of to sort of sum up i mean ladies and gents you can tell by how we're not talking about them as much the skinks are really that kind of two veg that really adds on to the team where they're the guys who make the team really tick the saurus are actually really good in that they add to the skinks but they're not like the reason you play Lismore; they're the thing that adds onto the skinks, which are which really steal the limelight. And the Saurus support them in an excellent way, don't they?
1: Um, I, I've ne- I've never put it in that in that two way. I just I just view that you've got two elements to your team, both are equally as vital. The Yin and, and the Yang. The yeah, exactly. You've got you've got the strength piece, the mobile roadblock, as I like to think of them in the Saurus, and then you've got the ball handling, get anywhere, do anything utility piece, which is your skink. Um, which is why the only bit of fluff I go in for in my list of the teams is they're all pretty much called smacky dodgers because that's basically (laughs) your entire team. One's built for smacking and maybe dodging as well. Great tackle. Um, And, yeah, the other other Well, you're a bit of a
0: dodgy smacker, Martin. So that's uh, that's pretty Dodgy uh, snacker? Yeah, a dodgy snacker. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I think that brings us, gents, on to the last player of the team. Last but not least, he's an interesting big guy. I mean, I actually quite liken him to uh, an ogre or a troll in an orc or human team in that he's, you don't really want to do anything with him, but he's really good (laughs) when he's doing nothing. Um, The Croxigore, the big dino, uh, he's 140k, so he's right up there at the top price of a a big guy. He's exactly the same price as a Minotaur. Uh, but for that, you get movement six, so again keeps up with those saurus. Strength five, as you'd expect. Uh, Ag one, big as a buck. Uh, armor value nine, which is good. Like some of the big guys are on value eight, so armor value nine is really good. Uh, and he also has thick skull, so he—it's weird. Like the big guys seem to have a, like a flip side whether they have thick skull or not. And keeping this dude on the pitch, you, you really want to when he—he he brings a lot to the team. So, so that armor nine and the thick skull makes him one of the toughest big guys out there. Uh, he's got Bonehead, which is one of the one of the not quite as bad, but I prefer Wild Animal, but not quite as bad. Um, neg- you prefer Wild
1: Animal, okay?
0: I do, because I like to hit shit, as you know, <laughs> Martin. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: and then he's got Mighty Blow, Prehensile Tail, which is what makes him really sing. And then, as we said, the Thick Skull and Strength Access. So yeah, I think a really good big guy that brings a lot to this team. What do you reckon, Martin?
1: Yeah, totally. Um... He's going to annoy the hell out of you when he fails to work, when he does bonehead at critical times. But but otherwise, yeah, it's one of the most, know, maybe the, the most solid big guy in the game for my money. Um, the fact that it's got prehensile tail just adds to that point you made, Don, Tom, about not necessarily wanting to activate or move him if you don't need to. It just goes double for him because those dodges away from him are. are yeah, you, more you just really need, need to think well. about.
0: He's a big guy where you really need to think about whether you actually want to do anything with him. Because if he if he's yeah. in a good position, like if he's not touching anybody, you're going to want to move him. But if he's touching at least two players, I'm like, you know, that role. It's, and I talked about this um on the last podcast with Mark. You know, as decent blood ball players as you two are, um, you want to minimize the, the statistics of rolling shit dice. And a bonehead is a one in six as a blood ball player with Lona. So as a bloodball player, to make it good, you want to be re- looking at those one in nines, preferably one in thirty sixes. Really, if you're doing like a reliable dice roll, that's the dice, kind of dice rolls you're looking at rolling. So one in six is is terrible for a power gamer, isn't it, Dan?
2: Yeah, I mean, the Croxigor. I think I, I did re- write this recently. He's literally just your anchor. You're not using him to achieve anything other than tying up players or controlling a portion of the of the pitch.
3: Controlling so, space. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. So you want him. You do want him in base contact to try and, you know, especially against stunties or blodgers or anything else to try and time in. Um, but once he's there, you don't, as you say, you don't activate him, you don't use him. That, that bonehead is the crippler. And when we get on to start talking about stars later on, we can have a bit of a discussion about the new one, what we were hoping for and what we got being two different things. Um, but yeah, the thick skull, as you mentioned earlier, that is the defense against. Fowlers or people who might blow, you know, dirty player on the floor. You know, it gives you a little bit more because he is of someone who's going to be targeted. The opposition, opposition don't want to deal with your strength five, the hence our tail anchor that's going to be in their way constantly. They want to get him on the floor. They want to kick him in the head. Um, you know, but he, you, you use him first or you use him last. You don't use him to achieve a thing. You're not using him to blitz into a cage. Um, you know, I've seen so many people play this particular piece wrong that re- that can really hamper how how lizard men are he is literally something that you plan your turn around if he works or not and if, if you don't need to use him don't use him
0: yeah i mean why would you i mean in this team you've got those fucking six saurus to do all that shit if you're going to do blitzers or anything like that that's that's what the saurus are for you're gonna be able to use re on they're hopefully gonna have block and things like that like why would you need to in some other teams like your humans where you've only got the ogre or you know if you're gonna use and, I'll talk about this on another podcast. if you're going to use the Rat Ogre in a in a Skaven build, those are the only players you've got with that high strength to do that that breaking. But on Lisbon, there's there's no reason to. Like you should you should never be blitzing with the Croxigor unless you're in a terrible terrible situation. Correct?
1: There's, there's there's one other circumstance, and that's where you're already in a very good field position, and oh, you just you want to skill up. Blitzing with a mighty blow.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, and that's the other thing, gents, is that actually this team finds it quite hard to come by mighty blow, like the Saurus, unless you're in a perpetual league. And if you're in a perpetual league, you're going to start getting fucked up anyway, and we'll talk about that later. But you're not going to have a lot of mighty blow. You've not got a lot of tackle. You've not got a lot of removal. So, as you said, Dan, you're controlling space. And if you've only got that one mighty blow piece, it actually... No, you're not, you're not wrong, Martin. If you're playing against, particularly, like, say, a rookie dwarf team where you're tying up all his dudes with Saurus anyway, using that one mighty blow guy to try and go after his armour armor eight dude is not a terrible strategy because if you're going to remove the yeah. players... But, if if but you're uh, in a situation where you get numbers up, it, it's not terrible because you've got all the, those other six strength four pieces tying people up. So, you know, it's not terrible.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. You use only blitz with him in non-critical situations where you've got something additional to gain from using a Saurus yeah. i'm not advocating doing it generally uh, <laughs> i'm just saying it's not it's, it's not it's not a never do advice though that's the thing yeah
0: absolutely dense right so um, the, also, the only
1: bit. other thing i want other thing i was going to say I and mean, there are another scenario where you can realistically expect to throw a blitz with your crocs when you might have another option is to get your strength five prehensile out next to a ball. Next counter, to someone. Yeah. Result. So, but even then, just... if
0: you can blitz with the saurus first,
1: yeah, and, and then jam gap. them in
0: there, mm-hmm. that, that would be better, wouldn't it, Martin? If
1: if possible, but there might be situations where you're blitzing into a screen yeah. and hence following onto a carrier. If, yeah, niche niche scenario. I know. It's Just don't don't discount it completely. That's what I'm saying.
0: No no no. I'm not saying never 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 do it. But you're looking for yeah. the other options first, and then you're gonna you're yes. gonna use them as an absolute last resort. If, like like I say, listeners, the takeaway from the cross score is if you can do nothing with him because he's tying up at least two useful players, do nothing with him if you think he needs to be in a better position, consider options and whether that's moving or blitzing or something to actually move him, then then maybe you do. Cause as you said, Martin, if you're not going to do another blitz or, or, you know, the blitz in that turn doesn't necessarily matter. You're just looking for field position. You know, you're doing a two column defense type stuff, maybe blitzing with the Crocs. If he's got to move anyway, is not terrible because he's your mighty blow dude. And, and it's not the end of the world. If he doesn't move, you're just not going to hit someone. So, you know, I, I think you're right. I think that, I think that's probably the takeaway, but just, look at the other options first right ladies and gents this is the first time because uh, i am out of beer we're going to have a quick break before <laughs> we go into the stars so that i can refill my beer so uh, uh yeah ladies and gentlemen we'll be back in two seconds where we're going to talk about the stars <laughs>
3: i boys and girls. Welcome back
0: to the Talk Nuffle podcast, um, where yeah, beers are flowing, Jurassic Park is playing, and we're talking about lizardmen. It's fucking great. We're going to go straight into the star players that are available to lizardmen, and we're going to look at the stars that are in the Spike Mag first, and we'll have a little chat, gents, about the differences and how that has evolved. We've already spoken about that, Gritter, but I'd be interested to hear Dan's opinions. Uh, but first of all, let's go into Anki panky who plays for just elizabeth some of these play for a couple of different teams but Anki panky is only available for elizabeth and first of all gents before i talk about him the new gw names i actually really love them somebody there has realized oh my god we can do innuendo names and it's hilarious let's do it i mean what do you think barton's
1: Uh, Yeah, they're a little little bit too carry on movie style for me i'm afraid
2: they're not 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 clever enough the names not sharp enough just very
1: very silly <laughs> on the buses yeah don't love it
2: dan don't love it um no because it's not it's not the main conventions i'd use for my teams either so it's not really something you'd kind of fit in i don't know
3: no
0: fair i mean i just think as i've said before listeners, i think that blood bowl is this like cartoon style comic book fun game and i think that sort of Buying into that is what they're doing with these names. But maybe you're right. Maybe they could be a bit cleverer. But anyway, Anky, he's a horny Anky. lizard. <laughs> he is a horny lizard. Yeah, he, <laughs> loves the, he loves the Ankyp Um he's, a, he's not cheap. So he's 210K. And as we spoke, Gritter, on the last podcast, that sweet spot is probably under the 200K mark, you know, down to 150. So he's a little bit over the 200K mark, 210. Uh, movement yep. seven. So he's fast. Strength four, agility one, and armor nine. So he's basically like a fast Saurus. But he also has Block, Grab, and Stand Firm, all of which are definitely 100% usable skills on a Star Saurus player. Dan.
2: Yeah, it's it's strange looking at him because you think of what you've lost from his counterpart, which we'll talk about with with the older stars and stuff.
0: Well, let's Um, bring him in now. So he's basically replaced... I'm looking Sibley. at him now, he's replaced uh, Sibley, who's an old stalwart, who's also in movement seven. He's exactly the same stats, so a fastasaurus. And he had block grab, but he also had guard for 250k. So he's effectively just lost guard and dropped 40k, hasn't he? Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, do you need guard on a Lizardman team? Especially if you're playing with this star player, and you hopefully have all your players. But it's what you can fit in, what you're dropping to get him in. Uh, it's it's a difficult one because with the, the guard on the previous guy, on Silly Billy, he was able to be in your line. You know, he's part of your front three. He's in their face. This guy, Grab, Grab is definitely a strong point because so many SPP you'd pump into a Saurus to, to get him what you need. The Grab is giving you, you know, lanes of running uh, lanes to go through if you can move other players out of the way so you're not getting caged in. Um, stand firm again. Pitch control it is it's it's, it's it is what you want. Two ten, yeah. I mean the movement seven, strength four. It, it is worth it because you, you're comparing him in this sort of area with with your zugs and stuff. Even though he doesn't have mighty blow, so it's, what what can he give the team? It's it is a bump because you've got one less skink on the pitch and, and more strength, more players. But what are you facing? You know, it, it, you're looking at rule sets and tournaments and stuff like. That that might allow star players in your starting 11 or, or something to fit him in so you don't lose too much it's it's a difficult it's a difficult one
0: yeah it's, it's interesting gritter isn't it we'll see i mean like about where you actually use him it's like his stats aren't shit it's fine he's a slightly faster Saurus with some cool stuff but
3: mm. where you
0: might actually use him like can you fit him into a tournament team would you take him and, and, and we said gritter on, the la- on, on another podcast on the undead one Two hundred and ten k, maybe too expensive. If you like one eighty, one ninety, like you could see a bit more utility. I mean, what do you think?
1: Yes, yeah, it's, it, it's hard to divorce establishing, you know, whether a star worth it from the the format you're playing, whether it's tournament or league. Um, so, just thinking of tournaments, Dan's right. You can squeeze him in in some tournament brackets when it's stars are part of your first eleven. But like, yeah, sure. A, this is a story which rings true for quite a lot of All of my stars. tournaments, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but the trade-off then is if that's he's part of your bearer 11 At that point, you've only got three skinks rather than four, um, and you know your opponent's game plan of remove the skinks just becomes that bit much more easier. Um, I've actually played two tournaments with Silly Billy as part of a tournament build. So you know I haven't played enough tournaments since the newest stars came in, but um, I experienced exactly that sort of problem basically that opponents would go after those skinks, there was only three to get rid of, at yeah. which point all of that massive strength advantage you've hopefully still got on the pitch doesn't necessarily come yeah, I you've mean, so. lost, exactly lost ball-handling mobility so.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's exactly how I beat Rory and uh, not this year of the DBL, but I played Rory in the last year of the DBL with Underworld um, and I spent the whole of the first um, half just hunting his skinks so i took them all out and hilariously in the second half he picked up the ball three fucking times for the saurus and i got it back <laughs> out. Like, and i fortunately managed to edge the game out. i was like for
3: fuck's sake
0: <laughs> but that is the tactic like if they've got few skinks and you and they haven't got enough saurus to protect them you can just you can target those players and get them out it, and maybe that's the problem isn't
2: it yeah he's he's a league star player if, if you've had a game yeah. where it's all gone wrong yeah, you've and you've a lost gap. a couple of saurus he fits it perfectly because he's even though he's loner he's Coming in with all those st- st- uh, stats and skills that you need. Um, tournaments, don't know.
0: Yeah, and actually, yeah. you're right. And in a, in a new style, and we'll talk about league builds later, but in a new style league where most people disallow the the, the good wizard, the, you know, the lightning wizard that that you want to be reliable. Um, the 210k isn't such a big deal. If you've got like 250k to play with and you're a Lisbon team, he's definitely a consideration. Like, because otherwise you get it. Yeah, fucking, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that wizard straight away. Take some other stuff, but he's definitely a consideration. He's going to bring that reliability to the line. Right. Yeah. Well, the next. So just, one other thing I was gonna, yeah, just
1: one other thing I was going to. Just one other thing going to add though. Um, you know, the way he's played Lizards in generally is about that mix of strength and agility that you've got if you were going into a tournament with a a low number of starting skills, it's say three or four, but a higher TV value, you Mm -hmm. could just, and it's it's a valid option to just amp up that level of strength to be that much higher that you can just bully teams and bully teams. Yeah,
0: like the Bromley League, actually. So Chris White, who runs the Bromley ones, has now moved to more of like a 1.2, but he still has three or four skills. I think he he mixes in between the two. So you're, you're not wrong, actually, if you've got that money. Because the Lizards can get more or less what they want at the start of a league, you know, within reason kind of thing. So that, and we'll talk about that later. Yeah, you know, you're not wrong. And particularly in a 1.2, you can, you can certainly fit them in. That's a good point. The next two dudes, I mean, you guys can come back if you want. I think they are ridiculously bent. Um, Troll and Dribble <laughs> is their names. And the reason they're bent is because they're so fucking cheap. And I'll, t- I'll tell you what they are for, for now. They- they're good. They're decent. They're two skinks they are standard skink stats so they're movement eight strength two agility three and armor seven so yeah fine they're standard skinks um they've got some good skills uh they've got different set of skills so drull has got uh, dodge sidestep stab which is just nice but not useful and stunty so that's cool sidestep is really handy and then dribble has got dirty player dodge sidestep
3: sneaky get,
0: and stunty so he is like an ultimate fouling dude the reason they're so good, it's because they're 190k for both of them. <laughs> so, so, so they're yeah. effectively 95k each for a skink with some extra skill. even like two skinks with sidestep, as we've said, Greta, in a tournament environment where you, yeah. even if even in 1.1. I mean, I, I have to look at some bills later. I think they're almost a no-brainer. They're, they're that cheap. I think if they were 20 to 30, 40k more, like that sort of bracket, they'd be good. But I just think, I think they're too cheap. Uh, what do you think, Dan?
2: Again, it's looking at the counterpart, what you lost, to what you get. The, as you said, the two, the two players, two physical players on the pitch is the massive perk. I mean, they're, they're 20k more than what you used to be able to get. And... Um, Hemlock, he was he was my boy, you know. He, he, Hemlock was literally the go-to star for Lizardmen in in the, in pre, uh, pre this. Um, yeah, so and ladies he, and gents,
0: I mean Hemlock, just just for just because for, you're talking about Hemlock and Bottle aren't you? Are the two, uh,
2: just just Hemlock. Uh, Hemlock, just Hemlock. He, Hemlock
0: was um yeah, talk for it, Dan. What did he have?
2: Well, he's this normal skink stat stat line, so eight two three seven, but he's your blodge step a side stab, jump up player. Yeah, you know, jump-ups are really good.
0: Um, 170k, so 20k cheaper than two of these. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, get it. So the reliability really and stuff.
2: But as you, as you said, two players, sidestep. When we move on to tactics later on, that sidestep is your first agility skill you use on your stunting player. It, it, that is how you control the sidelines. It's how you, again, stop yourself from getting pushed around and letting the, your position into your back half. Sidestep is massive. It's Are you going to be fouling a lot? You can be. if you. As I know... This is a topic you might actually like, um, but you know, the, the pro-elf fouling rosters and, and, and so on yeah, and so forth. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the this, this stunty dodges that you can surround a player on the floor with all your skinks and try and forget about the first half, remove as many people as possible. This kind of does give you it. You've got your stab to take out lodges and stuff. You've got your player to boot someone on the floor when you just surround them. You forget the first half, you do as much damage as possible. And you've got movement eight, so you can just score and score at will in the second half if your player's up. These two do um, give you that kind of option.
0: And I'm wondering if they've costed them like that, where they're costing them, assuming that you're going to use dribble to foul and you're probably going to lose him. And actually, then you've got Droll to do the stabbing and do the other shit. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, that's sort of something that's in my head now. What do you, what do you reckon, Martin, about these two guys?
1: Well, I, again, if you look at this in tournament play versus league play, um, in tournament play, you think, well, that's going to be quite strong. Um, you know, you can get, if you can make them part of your starting 11, that's two players. So you have lost a nine and add those two. But ultimately, there's always a trade-off, right? Um, And I was looking at this earlier, and I've done on previous tournaments, and I've not taken them because what I need to sacrifice for my normal roster is an apothecary. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't squeeze them in at TV 1-100 without sacrificing a reroll or an Abo, neither of which I want to do. Um, The point that's being made about having dirty player um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of dirty player, certainly in league play. Um, <laughs> I'm less of a fan of using dirty player when I've got a bare eleven on the pitch to start with. So again, in tournament yeah, play, sure. I don't think that skill is too strong. Um, but yeah, the stab but, with side. But also, step when you're considering a,
0: a when you're considering these two dudes, like the fact that he's got dirty player and sneaky Git, mm-hmm. so you're paying 190k for that, and you're expecting mm. to lose dribble, like probably in the first half. But you're not going to lose him, hopefully, until you've definitely broken armour. And then you're statistically that much more likely with the Dirty Player to then actually take the player off. So, and then you've still got another player. So you're paying 190k for that combination, which I quite like.
1: Yeah, but as the same tournament, you're starting with a bare 11. How many times and what targets are you going to choose with your player that is effectively 95k in TV cost to offset what you're fouling? It's basically just dancers
2: and, and some yeah. high-end oh. positionals. It, um, it's, a, it's a change of mindset which is difficult the fouling Pro Elf or Norse rosters is literally you give up the first half and it's difficult for UK players to think like but,
1: that but it's because you've got numbers on the bench though Dan with both those players yeah. including the Pro you've got 12 at least definitely.
2: Yeah, um, that's, true. that's
1: why they're viable in my mind in yeah, league I mean, play though in league play at that uh, cost of 190k to get another couple of skinks on there that have specialised skill set totally um, yeah, really good. But an issue at higher TV, I struggle to justify putting them into tournament bills Interesting.
0: Well, that's well, um. Let's park that debate because I think I'm going to include these dudes in my tournament bill that we're talking about later, listeners. Yes. So then Martin and I can <laughs> lock horns, and um, I will win because I can just mute him at any point. So that's great. Uh, <laughs> <Do> Martin, <more laughs> so, see
1: in action. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I can't mute him because I can't be fucked to do the editing. But yeah, that's fine. <laughs> right. So the next player. Um, and again, I love the name quite like the player but he's not he's not super good but he's quite cool um he is uh, called a glottal stop which i think is quite funny i think that's quite good uh he's also available to amazons so he's an amazon lizardman available player he's effectively a croxigore with a few additional buffs he's expensive and as we spoke about Greta and mark and i spoke about on the last podcast as well he's 360k and there is another player who we'll mention in a sec who's close to that mark you might want mm. to take instead. Uh, but he's right. movement six, so he's fast. Strength six, strong. Agility one, same as Crocs of Gore, and arm value nine. Uh, he's got some nice skills. Uh, he's got Frenzy, which I do actually quite like, um, but he's not got anything to make him reliable with that Frenzy, but Frenzy on a Lisbon team, as we'll debate a bit later on. I quite like Frenzy on a Lisbon team. I think it's good. Uh, mighty Blow, as you expect for a Crocs, piling on, so he really wants to kill shit, but you don't want your Crocs on the ground. That's a problem. Uh, Prehensile tail, thick skull, and then he's got wild animal instead of bonehead, which I like, and I think that kind of balances in with the skills he's got, with the frenzy and the piling on and stuff where he really wants to hit shit. For me, the big problem, Dan, is the 360k. I think he's just far too expensive for what he does.
2: That's not the only problem. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it's not. not, I totally have to disagree (laughs) there. That's the big problem. He is is a no go star player. Like we were ho- for lizardmen, we- they never used to have a, a big guy style player. I mean, everyone's like, "Oh, why should oh, Crocs at this? Cause Crocs are so reliable. Crocs are one of the best big guys in the game." And everyone wanted your Grashnak, you know, your, your um something without a nega trait. Exactly. It would be yeah. perfectly p- aptly for a six five one nine, no nega trait, play a bit more. Um, I think you're right. Then- I think
0: actually on this on this cost, if he was exactly the same with no wild animal. You, you wouldn't be saying what you're saying now? I think you'd be um, like, yep, can see why he'd be used, but still not for me, but he's got the stuff that you'd want.
2: No, I've got a few more points. <laughs> I still wouldn't take it. <laughs>
0: okay, Dan, okay, I'll, I'll um, let you
2: speak. Okay, he's a, he's a brand new star fitting into Blood Bowl 16. Okay, and you, if, you're, if you're in a tournament, like the Euro Bowl is, is 2016 rules. So piling on is a no-go, because there's team reroll on a loner player. You know, it, it's it, that's insane. And then, and that's then you've true. got, and he's got what, what are his blitzing skills? I, I know what the person you want to talk about, the star player, you're probably going to probably mention afterwards. He's your go to guy for this, but he's your big guy. And you go, okay, we've got Mighty Blow, everything else. So you're going to be using him, you're, you're forcing him to be your blitzer. When, as, as my personal view is, all your blitzers are done by your Saurus. They're the ones moving around, controlling the space, strength four anyway. They're the ones getting the two dice blocks, reliable with access to rerolls. If, he, if you're using this kind of blitz, yeah, you can get free dice pr- quite easily, but you know, he's got no juggernaut. He's got, you know, yeah. he hasn't got a blitzing skill. Yeah. He's your might, might, might blow player, but then you have a normal crocs for that. At 140. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I, and,
0: and that's the thing, isn't it? If you're in a situation where you've got a, you're even in a league and you want to buy it and your, your crocs is out. You wouldn't even take this fucker. You'd be like, I'll murk a croc. Why not? Yeah.
3: And that's he's
0: the thing way asking, too expensive. He, he's too expensive. And, um, Britta and I spoke down about um, Bob Bifford, who is fucking good. And he's <laughs> is he 380k? Did we say Martin? It's 380, right? yeah. 380, he's 20 more. Dan, I mean, you look a... at his skills. Fuck me.
1: Yeah, totally. But before we move on from glottal stop, um, there's one thing Dan didn't list off in the long list of deficiencies, and that's that your 360k piece has got AG1 and no break tack or anything else. Yeah. yeah. Hello, Mr. 40k zombie. And frenzy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pushing
2: the wrong the wrong way. <laughs> yeah.
0: Zombie, fucking dwarf blocker. like Anything can just tie this guy up and he can't do fucking jack shit. No, yeah. I totally agree, gents. Um, cool name. Nice he's available to Amazon as well. Why not? I mean, I us just chuck it in there. Uh, but yeah, he's a bit shit because he's cheap. He, sorry, he's expensive and not got the skills he wants. Yeah, I, I, I think I'd agree. I think, I think we'd be having that discussion personally. Um, if he was 360K and all that stuff without wild animal, you'd be like, okay, well, I could take him oh. to not have, not have a trade. Okay, he's a Crocs without a mega mega trait, but he's got almost a worse mega trait because, as we've discussed, listeners, and we'll go into more in the tactics. Crocs, of course, just don't even want to be moving, and you're going to be doing the blitzing with the Saurus. So he doesn't add to the Lisbon team. uh, And yeah, draw a line. Uh, Next guy, so we'll go into the last few later on, but, um, and I I like this, listeners, uh, due to the fluff and due to the fun and due to the kind of. Warhammer Eighth Edition and stuff that you look back on. Actually, purely earlier. I remember one of my earliest models I ever painted when I was like less than ten years old was like a Zoat from the Warhammer Quest. I think it was either Warhammer Quest or Zero Quest. I had both, but there were the cool Zoat models. I'm doing, I'm doing the pose here, listeners, where he's holding a double-handed axe over his head and like a fist. The old-school Zoat dudes who were like the big lizardy-type blokes that you played in those Quest games. And he's back. There is a Zoat back in Warhammer, fucking like 30 years later. We've not heard anything about the Zoats from Games Workshop. There was so, I tell a lie, There was a ZOAT, there's Zoats on Forge Run now for um, Age of Sigmar and that's coming back in. But yeah, a Zoat back in Blood Bowl is super, super cool. He's called Zolkath the Zoat. He is available to Amazons, Lizardmen, and Wood Elves, which is interesting. I, I, I haven't actually read his fluff. I don't know why he's available to Wood Elves, but he is. Um, he's got, uh, he's 280k, so not too expensive. Actually, under 300k, he's, he's probably affordable for the stats that he's got. Movement 5, Strength 5, Agility 2, and Armor 9. So kind of quite a standard big guy sort of stats that you might expect. He comes with Disturbing Presence, which is nice. I think that's, that's not shit. Juggernaut. Useful if you're blitzing. Mighty Blow that you want, that prehensile tail that you're expecting from a cross score type player. Regeneration, that 50% chance to keep that dude on the pitch, really, really good. And actually, Sure Feet, another really handy skill. Like they could have given him Sprint or something weird like that, but anything that's a star player with a reroll because he's got Lona is good. Yeah, I mean, gentlemen, I think we'll go to Martin first this time. Zolkath or Zoat. Not shit, probably not, doesn't improve the team, but not shit. He's got some good stuff and he's quite cool.
1: Yeah, I would definitely go with not shit. And um, definitely <laughs> cheaper and better, got more utility than glottal stop, the one we were just talking about. Um, what? What is he basically? He seems to be, it's a stack line of a slow, it's not. It's sim, I look at that and thinking it's a got, got some similar slower skill a to a, a crop because yeah. it um, prehensile tail. But the fact it's got disturbing presence as well. Just that's sure a useful, that that's doubly the thing that annoying in, yeah. in those, yeah. those particularly those troublesome teams that you play against with some of the agility teams wanting to do a passing game. Just that extra thing that they're going to forget about and might screw them up. Um, 280k, never, never going to be in a tournament build. Um, if you've got that money to spend in a league against some opponents, it could be a useful addition. Definitely, I mean,
0: I a, think I disagree, too. Gritter, and we'll come to you in a sec. Dan. I think, I think if you've okay. got if you're in like a 1.2 situation where you've got some money and you can, you know, instead you're of the to maybe, crocs. You yeah. Have to, yeah, instead of the Crocs, and maybe you Off might price. have, I haven't done the math, you might have to drop a Saurus or two, but but having him with the disturbing presence and the Saurus and you've got the skinks in, the, I, I think he could do a job. And I think that, I think you're right. I think that disturbing presence, but also the regeneration that brings in the sort of. Yeah durability that he's got and the short feet i mean he's not as fast as a crocs but he can actually yeah. move one step more because you're never going to move seven with a Crocs. Yeah. it's it's interesting i mean what do you think dan
2: well this is what i was alluding to before there's no bonehead so you can drop the cock yeah uh, crocs. absolutely hey <laughs> yeah. <Yay! laughs> drop, that, drop that as well <laughs> no but he's gonna say it wait 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 <laughs> <Ka-dunk. Ba-boom>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> models everywhere <laughs> no he's you yeah, so he's say he's 280 so if you're looking at a tournament, you can drop the Crocs, um, and you're only trying to find one forty. you say if there's a large um T V tournament, so one you know, one point two from my normal build, I'll be trying to find forty K somewhere to fit him in. Yeah. And you know, that's no bonehead. You know, it's the same stat line set for the the, the feet is because he's got four feet like a um ball center. Yeah, it is, know, So. It's fluff. That's that skill is literally just giving him for fluff. But you need it. He is the slowest option in the whole Lizerman roster. He's the only movement five player. He's, <laughs> he's, you know, most teams are like, oh wow, I wish you could have more movement five. You know, if you're doing a halfling or or something or, or you know, uh, slow orcs with movement four uh, black block, blockers and stuff. So he's your slow option, but he's you know, he gives you everything you want and that regen is is huge because hopefully he's not leaving the pitch. But if he is, as you said, 50% chance of coming back. You can't use an Apo on a star player anyway. Um,
0: he's strong. He is strong. And, and, and he
2: comes with, as I mentioned before, that blitzing skill. So he's no bonehead. He's got juggernaut. So he's got a blitzing skill if things go wrong. He's more reliable. Uh, that, that's what, if you're paying so much more money for a, a star player, big guy, it's reliability you're paying, playing, uh, paying for. And he gives it to you. So he is my go-to big guy star player.
0: And interestingly, and, and I think this is a really good point that we'll talk about in another podcast with the Amazons, he's available to Amazons. And if you're taking a big guy with Amazons in a star build, he's, he's definitely good. I think he, he could definitely do a job there. Amazons are so fucking annoying and fucking cheap that you could definitely build him into the team, couldn't you? What do you reckon, Gritta, Zoat in an Amazon team?
1: In an Amazon team, yeah. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head what the costs are of the usual suspect stars. Oh, they, they can get a full fucking ro- build out like, well a under a thousand. Roxy or birthday, Roxy, exactly. Yeah, yeah you,
0: you often say Roxy. So, I mean, that's the thing. And I, I like, you know, listeners, you've heard me before, I like the Zug human build. And I kind of feel like Zoat could do that job in an Amazon team. You could do an Amazon. Yeah, point. Amazon Zoat build where you've got that punch up front that people just aren't expecting with the wall of blodge
3: yeah.
0: like, how do I fucking break through this? Yeah, yeah. four
1: guard blodge blitzers and then that <laughs> piece in the middle of it. It would be quite fun. Yeah.
0: I think so. I, I think you... I, I, I don't think he takes away I, I, As you said um, Dan, I think you could Put him in a tournament build I think he's, um, You could build it around it for that reason You said no bonehead, that's what makes him good
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, And he's certainly An option at 280k in a league build If you're down on the chips and your Crocs goes out He's, yeah. he's better because he hasn't got the bonehead So if you've got the money, you'd rather get him Than Merker Crocs if you've got The money to get him, which is good Right, so those are the standard stars, ladies and gents, that are in the Spike Mag. There is also a couple of human stars, but um, I'm not quite sure why these are in here, but you can still take... uh, Do you? Okay, well, well, you can still take Helmut Wolf. Yeah, that's Fluff. Is that Fluff? What's the Fluff behind Helmut Wolf, Dan, before I go through his
2: stats? I think it was one of those did-you-knows that come up in in the old magazines and stuff, but he made so much money from being a famous Chainsaw Star player that he had two residents, so he had his normal home in, in the Empire and then he had a summer home in Lustio where he used to go <laughs> for his holidays and because he wants to earn a bit more money out there, um, he used to play for the Amazons and, and that. So it's just, I think it was Games Workshop's just way of saying that we're not going to create a, a chainsaw player for everyone. We'll just give this one player that can have loads of team accesses and it, that's why he's just slotted into this team because he's there and he's holly, holly bobs. <laughs> so.
0: so Helmut Wolf <laughs> is basically out in the Caribbean... Lustria Caribbean version, yeah. passing up with his coconuts on, <laughs> and he's just chainsawing away and cracking on. Mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't actually spoken, listeners, about Helmet Wolf yet, so we might as well go through him quickly. He's available to a lot of a lot of teams now. Actually, he's available to Amazon's Chaos Pact, Chaos Renegades. Um, he's also available to humans, as we know, lizardmen, Norse, and vampires, which I didn't know he's available for. But he's available to quite a plethora of teams now. He's got. Um, I actually think quite a good model from World that is terribly painted by the World people. But I think it's quite cool. So he's like a fat bloke with a belly. As you said, maybe out on his Caribbean holiday, drinking the beers with a <laughs> chainsaw uh, and a bit of a beard. Uh, but yeah, he's, um, he's 110k. So he's around that 100k mark that we want from a chainsaw player, greater as you spoke on the last one, uh, to like, much more than that. He's probably on the, on the higher end of what you'd want. Uh, movement 6, Strength 3, Agility 3, Armor 8. So standard human lineman stats. Got the chainsaw, got the secret weapon, and he's also got stand firm, which is really nice on chainsaw because if you come in and try and punch him and you fuck it up, you're going to get your head taken off. <laughs> what yep. do you reckon, Dan, on, a, on that as a chainsaw
2: player? Um, I think there are better chainsaw players, but he is, for what, for what you get, he is perfect. But then you need to know how to use chainsaws. A lot of people approach chainsaws where they're just going to chuck him up front, try and do as much damage before they lose him, you know, and they're going to get targeted. Um, by other players, and if it's in a league, you're giving up SPP for free. Um, I hate to do this on, on a podcast, but I'm actually gonna blow smoke up uh, our co hosts' uh, arse One of the best chainsaw players I've ever played against was actually Gritter. Um, if, with your chainsaw, you're using him as part of your cage. You know, he's, you know, you've got your front line of players stopping people getting round. If he's one of your cage corners, um, and they've broke through your lines. Again, it's a deterrent. They don't want to go into him in case they fail, and it's the, you know, the minus three or everything else. You can keep him on the other side away from when that's likely to happens, So I mean, he's not getting blitzed, but then he's there to do something about it. Um, and stand firm. Stand firm on the cage corner is what you want, because even if you do go down, he's hopefully not left the pitch. He's holding that space, but opposition is going to find it hard to get in to you know, go next to your ball carrier, which is a skink, which has got stunning dodge anyway, so it's a <laughs> long space for yourself to get away from. You know, it's... It, he, Gives it does give you a lot to the Lisman team, but it's a case of you need to know how to use chainsaws. And does he really fit in to a movement team? Because mm. you, know, you don't want to be you don't want to be protecting him when you're protecting your skinks. So what what are you doing? You know how much protection have you got to protect everyone?
0: I mean, like you said, if you're going to take a and we'll come to you in a minute, Grifter. If you're going to take a, a removal or like a play around kind of play for take, for twenty k less, you get two players, troll and dribble were much faster they got the stab they got the dirty player they got the removal stuff but also some players you can play around with i mean um it's interesting to hear that you t- did you take him in Lisbon team then did you Ritter, or did you take him in a different team
1: i'm guessing goblins. dan is this when i played you as goblins wasn't it yeah, yeah. yeah goblins. Ah, i think I, goblins. I think at one i think at one point i was probably even trying to bus with the chainsaw so that was um that out.
0: was uh <laughs> Ward, wasn't it black, who's got blodge has he Goblin, got blodge yeah. black not bludge. Yeah,
2: yeah. He is, he's probably your best.
0: He's the best chainsaw because he's, he's got bludge. Yeah, crazy, yeah. It? Any skills like that. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think that underlines it, doesn't it? Chainsaw, here's what you get. He's, he's, maybe he's, he's around that sort of price, got Sam firm which is nice, but as you said, Dan, you've got to know how to use chainsaws. I mean, I, I'd agree. Any skills like Sam firm or Bludge where they can add to the cage is awesome, but you want to use them for. The, like opportunistic fouls, really. You don't want to fucking try and take people down. You want to use them, like you said, in that cage as a really good tactic. And if there's something that hits the deck where you can surround him with a couple of players and then really get that chainsaw into his face, it's fucking great. I mean, that says it all, doesn't it? it, really? There's not really a lot it, more to say about chainsaws.
2: It's, again, it's an approach to playing the game that's foreign to most players. It's a case of are you willing to put him on for the first half and just think, I don't care if I concede a touchdown, I'm literally just here to do as much damage as possible you know, you're yeah. getting players on the floor chainsaw them off causing as much damage and then you're playing players up in the second half where you can just run it in and again it's, you've got you got as you said before you have got dribble and um drill for that so
0: yeah i mean yeah. fun chainsaws we spoke about it before they do a job but listen i think a key takeaway is don't fucking use them to blitz all the time that's not what they're there for they're there as a threat to really threaten your opponent and your opponents will often target them particularly less um, experienced opponents will think that Chainsaw's a big threat, so use that to your advantage, like keep him in the backfield, keep him somewhere that he can do the damage but don't necessarily throw him in because rolling that one with a loner and losing him immediately or getting him blitzed immediately is just and that's the classic story isn't it don't do it the last player I've got on my list is uh, Morgan Thorg and Greta we spoke about on the last one um, yeah, I mean it's not that he's bad. He's fucking great. He's strength six. He's movement six. He's strength three. He's armor 10. And he's an ogre. And yeah. he's got block. And he's fucking good. He costs 430k. So he's really expensive. Um, I've used him in some stunty builds. Um, and as we said, Gritter, on, on another podcast, uh, Bob trumps him now, I think. For the skills and, he's that he's got, yeah. and he's cheaper. And he's cheaper. He doesn't do... Anything on this team does he? You'd, you'd never take Morgan and There's no reason To take him on a Lizardman team
2: uh, You'd only take him If you're going for The crazy I want the stunty Version Lizardman team So if all skinks <laughs> Morg A Crocs You know He's giving you Extra punch options To To Stop the other person's cages, and then you run around everywhere with the skinks, and and again play pretty much as I've been saying before. You know, you're using the skinks to swarm, do fouls, get people off, and then control your movement. movement and at least, in, so. um,
0: it's interesting that you know they gave Morg throw teammate. They gave it back to him. So in the old days, a few years ago, he he didn't have throw mm. teammate. He he just had block, mighty blow, thick skull. Um, and then they added throw teammate. I think in the spike mags, is he suddenly got it back, yeah. and he's now back in fumble. He's got it. But he used to not have it. Like I remember when I played four or five years ago, playing the tournament, and in the old list, he didn't have throw teammates. <laughs> like, so it's, it's good that he's got a bat, because he's got no bonehead, and he can throw players. But skinks don't have can't stuff.
2: Them and Hefties, and I don't know anything about the new Snotling so roster. So they're the only two stunties you can't throw.
0: All right, gents. I think we've gone through the stars. We've got a couple on the old list um, that may be worth just tipping our hats to. We've got uh, Lohabothal who's mm-hmm. gone now, but he's a, he's a strength, he's effectively a strength three skink with some cool skills. Um,
2: Except he is. No, he's, he's a, he's a, right. um, a slam. There's, there's two, two slam Are these
0: both slams? Okay. Yeah. That's why yeah no dodge,
2: is. no dodge, no stunty. One's a catcher, yeah, one's a blitzer and they're just bumped up. All
0: right. Well, there's, there's no chance of coming back. I think, I think if we talk about them, we'll talk about them on a slan, Kislev, podcast no point in hitting my, hat, my hats from then anyway they were so, never
2: seen because they're too expensive and don't give anything too much to the team
0: that's Hem- a, hemlock uh, hemlock was
2: so much better <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah hemlock used to be a go-to didn't he mm-hmm. um, he was really good um, yeah uh, i think that pretty much covers the, uh, the roster and the stars gents we're going to take listeners a quick break here and come back and have a chat i'm out <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> Gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Talk Nuffle podcast, where we're going to talk about tactics for the Lizardmen. And I've still got my two quotation mark experts on here to tell me what they think the Lizardmen are good at. I mean, straight off the bat, as I said early on, and we'll come to you first, Dan, in a sec, um, but I think that Lizardmen are one of the few teams that can really benefit from kicking first, because um, they really need the croxigor and Soros on the field Straight off the bat to build that good defense, and they can always score because they've got those skinks that can do the good two turn touchdown so um, interestingly that's my first key takeaway from the Lizman is that they can do that that two two turn attack so well that they want to kick first if they possibly can. What do you think Dan
2: well that's good advice anyway a high high level tournament play you do find that a lot of players like to defend first so they've got access to the whole team um and they can hopefully turn your opponent over, and then you know that you're receiving the ball, and you've got all the options in the second half. So you're controlling the game. Um, if you're a good player, I um, say like like Martinez and stuff like that. You know where you're putting your players. You're controlling where your opponent's going. So you're forcing him to either score quickly, um, which is for Lizardmen, brilliant. You know if your opponent's going to take that option to score quickly on you, and you know you're, you're mostly moving six, moving eight. You're not going to struggle to do two turn, three turn scores on him. Um, so I say, Lizardmen are a control team. Knowing when your opponent's going to score is vital. Um, you don't want to do... I mean, I, I have done one-turn touchdowns with, with Lizardmen. It is an option, but it's not easy. Other teams find it easier, statistically. Um, but you're, if you are going to concede, you're forcing them with your strength and stuff out like to give you at least two turns. So always, always trying. I always kick. If I get, if I get the option, I always kick to my opponent to start the game.
0: That's a good a good uh, tactical now uh, to put in with. What do you think, Greta? Do you agree?
1: Yeah, and, and also to agree a bit further with what Dan said, I don't think lizards are unusual in, in sort of going for the kick if you get the option to off, first off the bat. Um, I think any team which is a control or a strength type side against most opponents not all but against most opponents benefit from that because you've got exactly the same tactics of either you manage to get a shutout when you've got your full roster and all your strength pieces on that's when it's most likely to happen that you shut down a, an offensive drive uh, or as you were also saying Tom they're a very good time about controlling the whole pace of a game which means that you can get yourself into a very good position to force an early score or just make stallings increasingly unattractive, they put it in early anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, two turns, three turns, ideally, uh, for your reply, absolutely doable with lizards with all that movement on the pitch.
0: I mean, what do you think, Martin, as well? One of, but one of the problems with that is that um, lizards don't have any, you know, what I'd say, like, is, like, properly expendable players. Like, nothing on the lizard. No, you different. have none. Yeah, we, we spoke on, the, on another podcast about the undead, where zombies are the quintessential expendable player. We're like, yeah, put them up, they're going to fucking die. But that's the interesting juxtaposition between this, where we're saying, yeah, defend first, but you're going to have to put good players on the line. It's probably going to be your Crocs mm. and your Saurus, or if you've got Claw and Mighty Blow in the.
1: It's probably it's probably your, your Soros, it's probably your unskilled Saurus rather than the Crocs in most circumstances. But
0: they're still good players. They're still not chip players, are they? That's that's an yeah. issue.
1: And you just got you'll be key if you're facing another strength side that you don't get two of those Sauruses tied up by another single strength piece. So. Again, it's about what type of position you're playing as to how you spread your initial line of scrim um, mm. to you know, reduce the number of blocks you take, or at least get them in a better position to recover position field position in a turn or two. Um, the other thing I'd say, though, just generally, because yes, you've got your six strength four pieces and your crops. That's a massive front line, but as soon as you start get chip get one chipped off and then yeah. two chipped off, the nature and playability of your side really, really changes very quickly. Um, it's not that you can't play Lizards shorthanded. You can, but it's, it's an uphill battle once you've got two off. So what I would just say, generally in tactical play, on I mean, you always committed to putting your three in the line of scrim off the bat. Um, but you don't generally, in my opinion, want to play a block war with Lizards. Yeah. You want to play a disposition a war, disengage sometimes when you need to. Even on D, if you're not threatening the ball, but say you've got a couple down on your line of scrim, prone and marked, you might choose to, take your blitz to knock that marker away such that you can recover your green players rather than fire dodge them. Just generally, you want to play, a, make them play through you, not at you, right in their face kind of way. Don't yeah. get up all yeah. up in the grill.
0: Would you say, Gritty, side. you never do the the sort of that orc bill we talked about, the wall where you have the troll in the middle and the four black orcs right up on the line to give that, that wall of five? I, Would you not do that with the lizards?
1: No, I wouldn't. Most okay.
0: Because you need because you need those movement that movement to get them around the place.
1: Yeah, yeah. If if, if someone goes down a flank and you've got everybody tied um, or, or prone or worse,
2: what are you going to do? Okay.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> no, no, I
2: like that. It, it, it's difficult. Um, you you want your saurus up front. Um, if you roll that blitz, they're the ones who are going to smash a line through, and you're creating space for your skinks. Um, it depends which which way you're going. If you if you're you know if if you've conceded the 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 um, the coin toss and your opponent's going to kick to you. Yeah, a, a, as you were saying before, I probably, I would put the Crocs on the line, but depending on who I'm facing, if it's a Kembry team and it's talking with strength, no. Ogre team, way. no. Yeah. yeah, if it's Dark Elves and they've only got strength-free players, then yes, I'd definitely put the Crocs on, on the line because he's do, already doing what you want him to do. He's hopefully contact with a couple of players you don't use him to block uh, and then you, as you said, move your saurus in control areas. You, it's, if you have your crocs back in your, depending on what, what you're doing, if you're doing the boat defense or you're doing the ziggurat, if you're doing the ziggurat, well, which side have you got the crocs on? He needs to be in the middle If you're doing the ziggurat. If you're doing the boat, he's in the middle of the pitch. Yes, he's movement six, so he can get to either side where he needs to be, but if he rolls out one and he boneheads, he's just stood there doing nothing. He, it's, it's, a, it's a risk, so, I and ladies sometimes and gents, but do, but...
0: For, for the newer players, the boat, the boat defense is effectively. You've got three players up front, three players uh, two squares behind, like spread across, but within this line of scrimmage, and then all of your good players behind that. That's the boat defense. Uh, what's the ziggurat defense, Dan?
2: Um, three players in the middle, and then um, four players with four players behind. Uh, you do only have one person marking the second, from in, uh, second square in on either side. Um, and then the player on the rank above him will be one square further in, and then the same um, couple of squares in. So you have that two square, the, the perfect two square um, spreading. Um, so if you are forcing someone to go up the side, they have to knock away your furthest um, player and give themselves one one line of squares yeah, um, to move down. Cool. And then you've got all your strength there. You've got three or four players there to swarm round, and they can't, they can't man-to-man mark everyone then, so they so you- can't put someone on you.
1: So, Dan, you, you're sort of talking there about, about the difference between defending an eight and defending someone trying to do a short score, Yeah, yeah where, you, where you're giving up the sidelines versus contests. Yeah,
2: Ziggurat doesn't let them move a conventional cage up your sidelines. If you do the boat, then they can move a conventional cage into one sideline. You're forcing them then, say You do the boat at the beginning of the game because you want them to score early. You want to try and force them to the sidelines, start and start surf players, use your strength to bully them and make them score on your terms. Yeah, Cigarette that's what is, I say. Mean. Yeah.
0: As we said, Dan, like, control is key with the Lisman team. And, you know, controlling the clock the clock, the cock, controlling the cock. Uh, controlling... Do, you
1: Do you have problems with that? <laughs> I have problems
0: with controlling the clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so, controlling the clock is key to your, you know, your Lisman team success, really. And you're probably aiming to win most of your games 2-1. So you've got to control that clock really well. So, like, when you know. you're defending, as
1: I'm perfectly happy with one of But
0: when defending, (laughs) you're generally, as you said, trying to force your opponent to make a quick touchdown, uh, leaving with you enough time to equalise before the end of the half. So, As you said, do that boat formation to allow them to move around the side and then really put the pressure on them in every way that you can and and get the boot in if you can and kick them off the pitch and beat them off the pitch and bash them off the pitch and make them score quickly if they're a a weaker team, like if they're going to suffer to that
1: or, um, or I mean, even better, or even better. I mean, quite often. I mean, I've not heard it. I'm sure it's called it, not just Dan calling it a boat defense, but it's it's certainly my standard setup. I just never referred to it as the boat, but it makes sense. But anyway, um, in a, in an even more ideal situation, I've had this happen a number of times where you offered offered up the flanks, and then your know, relatively newer players going, right. I'll go down that flank. You let them make progress for one more turn before shutting the door and enveloping, um, yep. and end up half you know, surfing half their team if um, if it all goes well done that a number of times (laughs) the boat defense can be very deceptive because of all the speed um you know a lot of undead teams I don't know if you think the same Dan a lot of undead teams quite often go with a similar-ish uh defensive setup hiding their goals around the back but because the rest of their team has not got the same mobility it's not as defensively as effective in my opinion
2: yeah I mean movement four as as I, I think said earlier in this podcast movement sevens your ideal because you can stand on that center line of the pitch and you can get to either side movement six. Yeah. Then you, you are literally stuck to the center line. Um, as soon as you get stuck going lower than that, then you really need to consider what you're doing because, um, any decent elf player knows about the, the, um, it's it called when you, you fake going up one side and then you quickly switch to the other, um, is it the fend or the, the um, uh, the, the name of it eludes me at the moment um but that is a typical like pro elf elf wood elf tactic where they force look like they're going to work on the side and lizard men again are perfect for this you know you've literally got with, with a quick handoff if you can give a, a skink catch or something like that you've got movement eight uh, 16 you know that the, the pitch is only, yeah the, the pitch is only um what 15 squares wide so you can literally move the ball from one square to the other if you're playing teams like undead and stuff like that um you can't move your screen and defense far enough to just protect your goals because they're movement seven. They can do it. They can hand off and move to one, one side, but you'll just leave the rest of your team alone. It's like ne- uh, uh, necro players. You know, they're doing everything with their wolves, using that movement eight to best advantage, and they turn around. And they, if they haven't kept their flesh golems and, and zombies in that with them, then they're, then they're going to fail. So they, they're not as reliable as your two-turn, three-turn scorers. Um, they, you know, they definitely can do it. It's not, it's not like they can't, but... It's you have to play the team in a different style and lizard men, because of the strength and the speed, let you play how you wanna play. You let you let you put you in that space that you want to be in.
0: And yeah, and they've got that ability to to like steal the ball and make a quick getaway in the opponent's half if they need to. And and you've got to keep your eye open for those opportunities to exploit opponents' mistakes and capitalise on any luck. Like that they're they're a really good blitz team. I mean the the skinks, they're as fast as any elves out there. Like they're stunties, Mm -hmm. but they're they're really really fast and it gives the opportunities to reach areas of the field that other players just can't get to um if yeah. an opportunity does arise to swarm around the ball um and get your saurus in as well um you can really do that on mass with your skinks and saurus and then you know it- against some teams it'd be a good idea to not pick the ball up at all against them, particularly those sort of block wrestle leap tackle strip ball players and instead just surround the ball so they can't pick it up and run down the clock for the rest of the half and inflict the most damage as he can. Like, if you're in a, in a good position, like you don't need to pick the ball up. You've got enough speed and stuff to get in there and control that space to control them and then beat the shit out of them. Um, mm-hmm. There's good stuff you do. Yeah, yeah I mean... Gonna, um, uh,
1: sorry, I was to interrupt you, so I'm just going to add, I mean, Dan, Dan's laid it out really well there with the odds to you know, be able to switch play almost willy-nilly like, like Elf teams do. Um, I'm just going to add one extra thing. So this is not just using that concept and the idea of... Doing, trying to do that score, trying to get that breakout out immediately. Um, number of games I've played in where I've been numbers light on the pitch, and you, you don't want to score in two or three turns because you know the replies coming, you're not going to be able to stop it. It's amazing how effective that repeated switch of play can be in a kind of stalling play for time type approach when you're still keeping it deep. Um, and not only that, it's the, the sharper opponents are not going to overbalance their defence sufficiently that they'll go after your your fake out down one flank and overcommit. They won't do it because they've seen it before, right? Whereas if you can get to a state where you're switching the play between one turn and the next, you'll eventually overstretch most teams even if they're even if they're with the best players behind them. Um yeah. because they just haven't got the speed to keep with you for that amount of time. So
2: what, that's what, what that's what I find as well. Yeah what, what what I find is switching the play on certain teams is most tournament builds will normally only have one tackle. You, you, unless you're playing, you know your dwarfs to that, but the dwarfs are ridiculously slow. If you put them on their butts with your strength, Saurus, and then you can run your skinks through, it's not an issue. Um, it's, you know, as you say, you're undead. You've got one tackle white or, or something like that. That player is the one that you're looking at. You fought, go up one side. He, you know, a, a weaker a weaker opponent will move him too far over to one side, and then straight straight away you've switched to the other side of the pitch. He's then got two turns to try and get near any of your skink dodge stunty ball carriers and that tackle is desperately you know, what you're desperately trying to tie up or trying to avoid, and everything else. You you need to think in a certain way of, well, okay, well, how am I going to combat what my opponent's perks are over my team? So, yeah. where is you know, Dauntless, you don't see a lot of you know, There is some of it out there, but you don't see loads. So, you, you don't need to spam guard. You don't need to um, worry too much about your opponent's strength because there aren't many teams out there that outstrength Lizardmen. They're tying up the players. They need to. Um, and then if you're blitzing, like I, I know you'd I play differently to, to it does, but if you're blitzing with a um, Saurus, you're moving him with your skinks left and right, causing those gaps, and you're trying to control the ebb and flow of where your opponent's going on the pitch. Sorry, I just lost
1: connection there. I've rejoined.
2: Sorry, I covered it all. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, carry on, Dan. Carry on, Dan. Um, yeah, it's like...
0: I mean, like you said, I mean, I'm um, 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 what you said, what you were saying, Greta. when you, when you're receiving, you actually really need to be patient because you've got that speed. Yeah. Like you don't want to go storming up into the opponent's half, like straight away because you've got this, that movement. Uh, wait until yeah. you create the opening that really allows you to move the entire team, like all the swords mm-hmm. as well, like deep into the opponent's half if you're going to actually move through and stall and stuff.
2: But oh, yeah. they're not
0: like a team that needs to really, really push because there's oh. so much speed.
1: As, exactly. as you, you don't need to be in scoring position until, you know, turn 15, 16 in the second half. Yeah. 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 Um, that, I, I'm just going to pick out an example of, of exactly that sort of behaviour in a game, Tom. It was um, I was a team tournament in York at the start of the year. Um, so, I think we got, got to the last game. So, myself and my opponent were top of our respective teams, I think, at the time. So, you know, I knew I was playing someone decent. And it was an all lizard matchup with me and the Lizards. Um, and I saw in the first two turns, he was going so passive on D, just saying, basically, I'm not going to put a threat in around the back. I'm going to wall off with you. I'm going to play low contact. And I'm like, okay, don't smile, Martin. Don't smile. Don't make any progress for five or six turns, is what I basically did. Mm-hmm. And I, then I sent my fake out with sufficient numbers of skins down one flank, such that he had to react with it in, in some way, shape or form. And then, yeah, turn six, seven, my entire rest of my team goes right. And he's like, "Ah, so that's what you're doing."
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's that speed, so absolutely isn't it? patience, speed. patience, yeah, patience um, with the
2: speed. Yes, yeah. I mean, the the weakness with Lizardman team isn't when you start losing skinks. You only need like, I I probably have a different builds to 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 you guys, um. And I like to play with a skink on the bench, you know. And I give up the apo for the apo. that. Mm. Yeah, I do. Um, but that's just my style because I know in the second half I've got a a skink to rely on i you can't protect them all i try and protect one at most the rest of them you need to use because otherwise you only have a seven man team you know you you do need to sometimes put them in for the assist if you need it but if you're turning on tournament play or league play if it's if it's um you know if it's league play you're gonna have so many spps on the skinks and they're only the first skill is always sidestep um you know if you don't roll doubles or stabs you know which make them phenomenal um, okay. you know, the holy grail is that agility for skink. Oh <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Um they are controlling the sides. You know, as soon as you get that side step, they become far and above far and beyond what they were before. Um as you as you alluded to earlier, Tom, if you make a breakaway, you, you turn your opponent over and you manage to get the ball into one of you, your skinks' hands and you run off. Um you just base up with your your saurus, you use the skinks to run behind so they don't not they have to then do adding on to their dodge rolls to try and get into, and then they're using the blitz on the, the skinks to try and push through to get to your skink with the ball. Um, you don't need to be too far away. They, they, they can just use them as a perfect screen. Um, the weakness with this team is when you start losing the saurus. I mean, it's, the problem is a lot of people when they start start playing Blood Bowl, they play Orcs and they get too used to Armour 9, jam them in, jam them in, jam them in. And a lot of Blood Bowl players have that mentality. They're just going to as much contact as possible. And some teams work that way. So, they're led to believe all oh, teams like this. And lizard men aren't. It's, you jam them in where you need to, 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 as you say, tie players up. Then they're moving two or three players next to your one to get you know, the, the, the right block dice, because not many people want to be throwing one-dicers. Um, and then you're bunching their team up and taking advantage of that. And that's what lizard men are trying to do. Um, but when you lose a player to throw a rock and then a few players to claw and stuff like that, and as soon as you start losing that strength and you're just there with the skinks, it does become harder. You need to you almost need to wish you've played a skink only roster. So you understand about the movement and trying to go left to right, left to right. Cause that's the only way you're going to get the ball through. It's the longer you wait. And if you start losing players, it does become scary. That's when you start, the game starts getting away from you and it, it happens sometimes, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and you're not, you're not in any way uh, alluding to the ignominious defeat of the hands of bum smell in the DVL. Are you Dan?
2: <laughs> no, that, that was, that was all my, that was my fault. Um, I played that game wrong and I said to him straight afterwards, and he actually really appreciated me that I admitted the fact that that was a tactical error on my part. Like the whole season, I played pretty well in the DBL. Um, you know, I, I, I combated all the, the negatives of you're just struggling to get SPP on, on your. It's the same way as, as getting your, your Blackhawks. You know, you get blocked first, the same with, with Soros. There's so much SPP demanded from the team to give them that overall coverage of at least one basic skill. Um, your skinks are all getting um, sidestep, and then you get one that gets a you know gets a holy grail of block or you know agility up or something like that. And then he's always your ball carrier. He's the one who's then getting all your FPP, um, and you're protecting him with your life. All the rest of them are just fodder or screen fodder. Um, but with with bum smell, uh, you know, agility four, Blodge, uh, werewolf on a necro team. Um, I was playing that I wanted to win in in normal time, where I should have just played. I was too scared that he was going to get the draw, go in the overtime, and then it, then it's come down to, uh, that extra time, it comes down to a kickoff result where I'm trying to think, All right, I don't want that to happen. I'm trying to win normal time. And I stalled out for one turn too long that I shouldn't have done where he was able to dodge through a skink line through my, through my screen. Um, and then he killed the ball carrier, not just took him down, he killed the ball carrier, <laughs> got the ball bounced into his hands, and then I was unable to reach him, um, which cost me the game. You know, I ended up losing one nil when he went went through. But otherwise, it could have been a could have been, I was hoping, I was really hoping for a rematch with with Martin M, who's a very good friend of of ours, um, with his Wood because it, it was it was so destroying in the, in the DBL uh, that I had a perfect start of the start of the season. You know, I beat I beat Martin Wood with an unskilled Lizardman team. You mean mind, you sorry, mean uh, Alex? Alex. Alex yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah, I beat Alex in, in the first game, which everyone pretty put me down to lose. Um, and then I went to have a glorious season. The only person I lost to in that in that um, league was Alex on the return game, where he got me drunk beforehand, and it was, even that was a 4-3 <laughs> in his favour because I failed the one-turn <laughs> attempt. <laughs> he, he was like, meet me in a pub about an hour before, and he started buying me the Guinness years, and I was like, oh, all right. And I hadn't eaten that day, and it was, yeah, all the excuses. Um, but that was a glorious game.
0: Susceptible, Dan. Yeah. And,
2: yeah. <laughs> and then I, I did quite well in the knockouts until I meet, uh, I, I, I played that player. But, you know, he done brilliant you know uh, was a, i don't normally struggle playing against necro teams but he played them really well He made he made me work for that and it was a tackle error on my part i stalled out one turn too long
0: yeah. and that's the thing isn't it with the lizards you, you can use them as a stall team but but ultimately they can prevent that defense quite easily so if you've got that opportunity to score on the turn six or seven then i can do it and spread your screen out and you should be able to stop them unless they're a super duper wood elf team or something but against mm. most normal teams you can do that can't you
2: yeah, I mean, I, sh- I should have just took the draw, and then played into <laughs> played played into overtime and see see where the the fates lie there. Um, it, you know, I know I know better. That was my first time in the DBL, and I've never played a knockout system or anything like that before. So, was, I've learned for for this next season. Well, it would have been hopefully soon, but we don't know all the internationals happening. But
0: hopefully, okay. there will be a DBL twenty. <laughs> we will see. Um, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is the tactical. Uh, Portion of this podcast. We're going to take a quick break here, and come back and talk about how to build aptly your teams for a lead.
3: my lady i know that sounds kind of me but me and my old
0: lady. ladies and gentlemen boys and girls welcome back the to the talk novel podcast where we're going to talk about lizardmen in a league which is what we all love to do that's where the fun is tournaments are for power gamers and cunts and leagues are for fun and fluff people is that right dan yeah, let's <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> put him on the spot. But you're—I mean, you will tend to find in leagues there's a wide plethora of players. People are there for the fun and there for just having a laugh, and people are there to win the league, and people are not. And you tend to find there's more like fluff people. Yeah. You do go to tournaments where there's those morons like George in the DBL who only takes halflings to league to tournaments, which is quite fun and doesn't even do well with them, but he takes them. Yeah. So there, halflings there are OP they are op especially with the new rules i mean yeah. the fact that phil won the super bowl with them shows that they're just op because he's shit So the fact that he managed to, you know, to get anywhere near it is yeah is a problem right <laughs> so leagues we're going to talk about how to skill your players soon um but let's talk about starting rosters really and uh, i don't think any leagues really go for anything other than a 1000k build uh, sort of thing i mean i personally i think there's there are two builds that you kind of could do, but I think there's one build that you should do, and maybe you disagree, disagree, gentlemen. But, I mean, there's a, there's, there is an argument out there that reliability is key in Blood Bowl, um, and that one of the starting rosters you could go for, particularly in a short league, is to go for those three re-rolls up front. And if you mm. go for three re-rolls, you're restricted to six Saurus and five Skinks and no Crocs, and that's 960k. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a reliable build. Uh, You've got three reels, so you can do those re-rolls and stuff. You've got the six saurus like we discussed. And six saurus, I would argue up front, is a must. Like, you need the six saurus to play Lizardman. You can't do with anything else other than that. And the crocs is, for me, why I would play Lizardman, but it's not necessarily a must. I mean, what do you think, Dan? You're already kind of shaking your head, nodding it, thinking about it. Um well, the other build that I'm sure you're gonna give me is probably the one yeah. that you should do.
2: But yeah. Well, my my go to on a on a standard one thousand is Crocs, Six Saurus, four skinks actually eleven players, that's eight hundred and sixty K. Um, and then you're looking at two re rolls and your Apo, and that's all your money gone straight away. So that's you can fit in a lot, but again, it's what do you need re rolls for? When you're, this is the thing. You got have a solid plan when you're thinking thinking about playing Lizardmen. So You know they've got all these advantages that we've been talking about for, for, for since the start of this. But what's the negatives? Okay, so you, you live by the one in nine. So what's reliable, What are you using your rerolls for? If you're playing the two and you're a good player, then you've got one for the picking up the ball and one for the dreaded double skulls because your ball carrier has dodge. So it's what can I get with my inbuilt. Um, Inbuilt skills from the start, and how do I ah, make but, it work?
0: But Dan, you're not only looking at the level skulls. That's the problem. I would argue no, it's the, pro- oh, yeah, so the, the problem. Oh, yes, Is
2: yeah. that
0: actually, you know, more rerolls is preferable because, you know, I'll just argue this off the bat is that skinks aren't actually the most reliable players to pick the ball up. They've not got short hands. They've not got agility four. They're going to need to roll a three plus. You may well need to rely on a reroll to do it. So, two, you're using one straight away. Um, and your Saurus have got no block and they can't beat the ball up either for sure <laughs> so, so actually looking off the bat at this team with only agility three and no block immediately i would think you know power team i need three rerolls like that's the thing i'm going to need for my blocking uh, for my picking up
2: if you've got all your strength your crocs and your six saurus hopefully you're able to form a decent defensive line that you aren't if you fail to pick up you're know, you playing smart, you, you've done all the, the, the typical blood ball player things of moving your players first, surrounding the ball, thinking about protection and, and everything else. Um, you've got well, a single dice. If you're not going to chuck your reroll, you've got a 64% chance of picking it up. Um, that isn't bad. As long as you're not affected by weather and, and everything else. It's, yeah, it becomes a lot more scarier when you think of if the ball is actually lying by the sideline or the back end of your touchdown line um, because then you don't know where it's going to go. Um, but if someone does break through your line, put pressure on your backfield, um, and you've got, you know, it's so far deep, you've got time, you've got that movement eight, and your strength players are movement six, where you can cage up further in, back in your field if, if you have to recover on your second turn. Um, so you can most of the time afford, you, know, you are one of those teams that can afford to um, wait a turn before chucking a re-roll at the pickup. It's, it's thinking at how you're going to play it if it goes wrong and men, with the strength you know you're, you're picking your blocks, hopefully you're not all tied up it's it's knowing like you do your blocks where you can you can give up first you're hopefully wrong with two dice, so statistically it's in your favor, even without block um, but if, if it does you know double both down, double skull you're, you're using the player first where it's not vital you you're not, you're not yeah. making that hole in your defense
0: and I don't um, think that's the point um, gritta wouldn't you agree is that because we've got and, and I just chuck that in as like a devil's advocate to say, well, look, we've got these Sauras who are shit at blocking off the bat. And we've got these Skinks who are actually not that good at picking the ball up off the bat. But the key is, if I've got, is I've got that strength coupled with that speed in order to create that screen, like you said, Dan, where you can do the shit first that is not important, where you don't have to roll dice and block opponents off. And then you've got that space to allow two re-rolls. Would you agree with that, Gritta? Oh,
1: there's a lot of questions in there. So... Yeah. In terms of what we talked about, you know, the strength and speed, the fact that you can screen deep, the fact that you can reposition really easily. Just generally, you know, there's, lizards have got a lot more, um, what's the right word? Not survivability, but they've got that flexibility to be in positions that other teams couldn't still recover, recoverability is probably a better word actually. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the build and the trade-offs though, um, I personally, don't go on a new tour, tour, new uh, league build with the Crocs from the get-go. Um, okay. There's a few different reasons behind that. And I don't think um, what Dan's talked about is a wrong choice. I just think it's a different one. Um, so I would go with the Sixaurus, uh, no APO, 3 rerolls. re-rolls. Um, partly because after game one, you're guaranteed to have that APO. You've got 40k in the bank, right? It doesn't matter how shit your winnings roll is. You are getting the APO next game. To Dan's other point, we was making about you know if you've got the I think this is what you were saying anyway, Dan. If you've got the Crocs on the pitch from the get go, that means that your you know your skinks are going to be less exposed by default because there's less of them on the pitch. You've got more strength on the pitch. That's true. Um, That's that's definitely an upside of having the Crocs on the pitch. But when you're talking about the first sort of three four games in the league, practically you're probably going to be on a bare eleven most games, and it doesn't matter if you had three skinks miss next game, previous match. Because you're going to get those for free coming straight back in. They don't have loaner, but and apart from having loaner, they're not much of a downgrade on a normal skink. So still got, still got dodge. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what am I trying to say here? I think overall, you'll spend less money or get more value out of your money by not getting the crops game one by getting the reroll, which is more expensive after the starting only by sixty k. But I think I think you'll eventually build a better team and have that little bit more reliability at the start. But the trade-off is you could have
2: more stuff. That, um, it, de- it depends on your league that you're in. So there's so, so many yeah, different leagues exist. out there that some of them give you a, a mulligan after your first game, if it goes terribly wrong and you, your team just crumbles. Um, I like starting with the Apo because if you start with just Saurus and you don't have the Crocs, the Crocs is the only thing in your team that's more expensive than a reroll once the league starts. Okay. So it's okay. How much money are you generating? You, you, you're not a bash team. So how much SPP are you getting these players and everything else? You know, it's what you're focusing on, what are the MVP rules, there's so many things regarding a league that affect how you play your Lisbon team and what you're, you're pumping into what. As you, as you rightly said, your skinks, you're only protecting one, you need that ball carrier, the rest of them can all be loners, because they come with dodge, they're doing your screen, they're doing everything they would do if it was a normal skink anyway. So, it's, it's a case of, if you do that game where you have six Saurus, your first game goes terribly wrong and you lose one or two of them, you don't have an apo to save them. You know, it, it niggle or minus strength, and it's going to get fired later on anyway. Then you're saving up for that Saurus, and then you're trying to save up for a Crocs, which is more expensive than your rerolls. It's. I would rather have the players first and save up for the second reroll if I can manage the games and play well. So, so is what it, did the you time, time you get to that stage the DBL? What
0: was your team starting?
2: It team was it. it, it, I, I, it was what I just mentioned there: the Crocs, um, six Saurus, four Lizards, two rerolls, and Apo.
0: Okay, so no no Crocs the bat is that
2: what you said no i had the crocs
0: yeah the crocs sorry so say it again i just i missed it so
2: your crocs six Auras, four skinks yep. is 860 yep. um two, two re-rolls on top of that um and the apo take you up to um yeah so that's 860
0: plus 120 uh 980 um and the
2: appo's is after your first game right after the first yeah that was it sorry yes, okay. was, yeah.
0: yeah i was just i was just checking yeah, thought, you get yeah, yeah. So, so with your build, you know, you're rying you're on that 30k. And that's I mean, it's interesting what you said, Dan, is that we've played in a multiple of leagues. And actually in the DBL, you're almost 100% likely to get enough money to get that Apo straight off the bat because the way the DBL money works is that you get lots of money pretty reliably. So you can get that mm-hmm. Apo straight away. And actually, um, interestingly with you, Gritta, because you took your lizards in the ECBBL, um, in the DBL, um, you've got a shorter time frame to get to the knockouts. So you've got to skill up those saurus and the crocs like quicker and get those players into a better place. Um, and it also doesn't matter if you don't win your first one or two games. Like you can, you could, aptly play for those eight games, and go, look, I'm going to draw or lose my first couple of games, and I'm going to fucking steamroll for the last six games. I'm going to be good. Whereas yeah. in the ECBBL, depending on the conference you're in but often you have to win or draw most of your games to get to the knockouts it's it's really really competitive to get to those knockout stages that's the difference between the leagues so it's interesting that you know you two have clearly taken lizards in the two different leagues and the dbl is going to really i see the dbl opening eight games as an opportunity to skill my players up so you're probably right Dan. like i I want all of those good players on the pitch from the start to try and get skills and Mm. i kind of you know I'm, i'm not necessarily looking to win all of my games. I'm looking to, I mean, to steamroll, you know, start to get momentum and build into winning into the knockouts.
2: If, so, but, if something goes wrong and you don't get your Crocs or game four, five, six, and you're in an eight-game league, and then when are you going to start putting SPP into it, what, what's, what's it going to give you in the, in the knockouts and stuff? So it's
0: Whereas, whereas Gritter's looking at that, and I think that's, you know, where we're slightly disagreeing, but kind of discussing and, and agreeing yeah. and disagreeing, you know, coming across it, is that certainly those six uh, Crocs and the Skinks are a bit more reliable. But just bring, you know, you Crocs, don't have that yeah. Crocs option. But but yeah. the reliability is clearly there. We've talked about the bonehead thing and you know all that sort of thing. So in the ECBBL, where you you're playing against those gangsters and those Joe Mangies and those people who like their averages and their one in and nine, and <laughs> <laughs> you want you want to try and play those averages and play that those numbers, greater as you said. Yeah. So yeah. playing it with is. those for me for me, the three for me for me it's good.
1: about. Yeah, for me, it's about just that slight more reliability from game one. You've got the extra reroll on board. Um, the Crocs by its nature is not reliable. And um, in, in, in the leagues that I've, I've, I think I've owned three Croxes in one ECBL season. Uh, none of them got any SPP. <laughs> maybe I come at it from a point of view, well, it's never going to develop anyway. Why would I want it from game one? Um, so maybe I'm just slightly um, got a bit of PTSD going on. Maybe that's right. <laughs> so, but no, no, I think the thing in my mind, it is just about that reliability. Mm-hmm. Like, any team that starts with no block, you're worried about every single block that you throw. You're thinking about every yep. single one. And as, as you mentioned, Tom, if you blame one on the re-roll, turn one or two. And you've got to play a half and you want to stall out the half with one reroll. Really well. Good luck. Um, that's that's I mean it can happen. Um, certainly can happen. But I would just rather have that in my back pocket than a than a one in six failure big guy at that time. I'd love to have all of them. Um mm. But that's, no, no, that's, it's that's, my, that's Dan, my thinking, I guess.
0: We're, we're about to move into talking about how you skill your players, but Dan, have you got to come back on, on, on that? I think we're not disagreeing. We're just
2: talking no, about yeah, it's baseball, nice, the face. So it's, it's, it's the same as the Nurgle thing. Obviously, I haven't listened to your Nurgle um, podcast yet, but it's the, the thing of you know, do you just have the four strength four players, or do you have the four strength and the beast, which is mean, strength five? And that, yeah. that then gives you an extra option of controlling, stopping people getting through. Um, I'd like a Crocs as an anchor. You know, as we talked about, as you, you alluded to, um, Greer, that you don't normally find that you give SPP to your crocs because you don't give them a skill. Well, I like to have him from, afar, from the start. I'd like to give him a skill, which is stand firm, and then I kind of use him like a Wood Elf player which uses tree, where he's your anchor. Mm-hmm. You know, he's controlling. He it, yeah, exactly. If he's on one side of the pitch, then you can then you know, use him as a defensive player, stopping people from breaking through your screen in the middle and giving you that option to move to the other side of the pitch. So he, for me, is quite a quite a pivotal player because, that, as you say, depending on what you're playing against, your leagues is, you know, you don't know what you're facing. You don't know what people are pick, picking. Tournaments, which we'll move on to, I'm guessing, later, is totally different. So you know if it's a basic 1.1, you know, your standard, uh, you can have six skills, blah, 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 tier ones and this. You you know you will be facing woods, Wood Elves. You know you'll be facing um, Amazon's you know, with Roxy or or something like that. So you need to think about well, what's your, your counter to the dodge the stunties and stuff like that. You, this day and age, as you say, they are fun players. The, the good guys, the, the souls of the earth, that are going to take a stunty team. You know, stunty teams do very well actually against lizardmen. Um, yeah, it's, it's that three buttons of page, isn't it, Dan? Yeah.
0: Let's not be about the best stunty players are cunts. <laughs> they try to be fluffy players, but they're dickheads. We all fucking hate yeah. them. The no, we don't. I think that, that needs these segues. We're talking about the Crocs, so let's, let's move into the players and how you skill them. Yeah. I mean, Croc Sigour, he's one of my very favourite big guys out there. I love big guys, as you know Gritter, as you know Dan. Like I, I love Minotaurs, but, Gritta, right. but I love big guys. Yeah. He's one of my favourite guys. He's my, yeah, Minotaur's my spirit animal. But Croxigore is up there with my faves. He's, he's the fastest big guy out there. He's the only one with movement six. And he's one of the most reliable. Like, Bonehead is one of the least negative, actually, of all the negatraits. He doesn't need a mate to help him. He doesn't need to do any shit. It's just a two plus. Like, and if he fucks it up, yes, he loses tackle zones, but it's, it's more reliable than other things. The important thing to remember when using Croxigore's, you know, like all big guys, is, as you've said, Dan, leaving his action till right at the end of the turn. Because if you fail it... Then there is only a 50% chance of your reroll working, and he might fuck up your whole game plan, and you know should you decide to use it. So don't blitz with him, <laughs> don't do anything with him. He's he's really like you have said, a roadblock to be there.
3: I mean,
0: I mean, what do you think? I'll come to Dan first, and come to you in a sec, Gritter. But single rolls straight off, as as in like yeah, well, spilling him up. I mean, the, the two options are a sort of guard and stand firm, probably. And you, you can talk guard, about break tackle for mobility. What, what nope. do you think?
2: Break tackles are no. Um, break tackle for saurus is yeah because you've got the the, the re-roll option. Blake, break tackle on a crocs even with strength five is still bonehead loner. You know it's you 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 got to roll the ball, bonehead and then you've got a who wants a double um, a double roll before you do any action where you need two two pluses uh, with, without the chance of having a roll reroll at it. Um, so I don't I definitely don't like a break tackle crocs. Um, I prefer stand firm. As I said, Because the way I use him, I use him with my anchor. So I want him in amongst players. Um, so when I plan my turn, the first thing I think of is who, who am I blitzing with and when am I moving my crocs? That is literally the first thing I think of because if you have a, if, he's, if he's caught out on one side and your opponent's pushing down the other flank, then you roll him first to see if you've got him or not. If it's, the, if it's not that option and there's holding the middle, you don't roll for him. You don't use him to the end. If it's a case of, the only time you use him in, in within your turn is in that scenario we were talking about earlier where you've done a blitz on a cage corner or something like that, and then you want to wedge him in. So you need to see if he moves in or not. And then if he doesn't, then you've got other options to move a saurus in or something. Um, but you want him stood next to the ball carrier. If we stand firm, hence our tail, then you definitely want him stood next to the ball carrier. So it's uh, it's it's knowing when are you going to use him. And if you are, you don't have to. 16 turns, you are going to roll ones you know, and yeah, I mean, it's it's
0: I, mean I, I just, before I come to you, Gritter, I just come back. You know, one point with you, Dan, is that, yeah, I totally accept that, you know, you, we've talked about not moving him and rolling those two pluses and he's got Loner and Bonehead and all those sorts of things. But you did say earlier, you know, Lizardmen are about controlling space.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: if you're going to take that Crocs and you want to control the space and he's tagged by a player, break tackle is a great skill to move him. You, you're going, and actually, it's not even that you're going to roll the dice you might make your opponent think you're going to roll the dice. And if he's got break tackle, it just gives that sort of tactical nouse of what they think you might do with him. And that's, that's what Options. I come back to you on that. Options, yeah. And I think break tackle's good for that.
2: But you wouldn't have him tied up with one player. If you've got him tied up with one player, you've done something wrong. You want him wedged in amongst many, many players and then you just leave him there. Um, you know, as you said, there's our teams that have those disposable zombies or something else. And any scaven player or someone like this will know that we have a rat ogre you get a zombie on the wrong side of you and you're frenzying and push him away and you're, you're getting pulled away from the action of where you need to be, or you rolled that you know, wild animal or bonehead or whatever it is. And then you're just useless for a turn. Um, he is the the scary part of where he needs to be. You know, you have him in the center of the of the pitch until someone commits to one side and then you wedge him into the side with your crocs. If he's got stand firm, he does a better job because they can't push him away and they're going to struggle to get the strength on him. You know, if you've got, you know, a skink or a player or something around him skinks with sidestep crocs in there with san firm you know just smashing him with the with the reliable blitzes. that's how i play the crocs it's i you know i that's why i want to get spp on him
0: yeah I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm not just i'm not overall disagreeing with you dan i'm playing a bit of devil's advocate to just say uh, you know and actually <laughs> I, no i would fully agree that with single roles for me like stan firm is right up there early on because i like controlling that space i think break tackles certainly a second or third skill down the line like i think that's a a good thing to move him around but as you said his primary role well we'll agree to disagree dan (laughs) but his primary role as you said is tying opponent players up acting as a roadblock and annoying people um i mean yeah to bring gritter in double straight up with a, any big guy, and you, I, I can see you nodding here Dan is block because he oh. becomes that ultimate reliable mm. dude. I mean, what do, you, what do you think about the Crocs, uh, Greta? Um,
1: I'm trying to think of the number of times I've actually played with a Crocs with a skill, and it's got to be in single figures. Um, I don't disagree with Dan's point about Stanford. I don't think it's a skill I've used on the Crocs on limited occasions where I've had such a skill. Um, but in a lot of cases, that's a really solid choice. But if we're talking specifically about league play, which I think is what we're with regards to skill choices, mm. my answer is really it depends who you think you're going to play in your league uh, and what their roster's built like at the point your crops are skilled. Because there'll be a number, there'll be a lot of scenarios where guard is 100% the right choice. If you're playing a bunch of strength teams or dwarves with guard, you might need something to get your two dice blocks back for your sauruses or something like that. But Yeah, I mean um, I mean Grisha, just but, to jump in I mean, you know, it's, it's situation, even
0: sorry. even though your team appears to be stronger than most others, like you've got those four those six sorry, those six strength four dudes. Um, you know, it won't be it won't be long before, as you said, your opponents have guard on a few of their players. Um, and you're struggling to get and you're still struggling to get block on all of your saurus. Yeah. Just guard makes um, that dude in the middle more useful. Like if he's got guard and he's surrounded by the dudes and you're playing against your orcs who are going to get guards straight away, dwarves who are going to get guards straight away, even humans who are going to start coming at you with that, with that guard and start to one dice you with their block. And you're still like, Oh shit, I've not, you know, I've got block on a couple of saurus It's yeah. a really good opening skill against those sorts of teams. When you might take stand firm against the teams that are trying to get away mm. from you more. If you're playing bash teams, guard, if you're playing teams that are going to try and get away from you, stand firm, you know, perhaps, what do you think Dan? Is that, there.
2: well yeah this this is the hard thing about talking about lizard men without talking about all the positionals they all yeah. work in unison so how you skill them up is important because it makes them do better at what they're doing um so yeah as you were saying you know, your other teams are getting guard they're getting guard and you're getting blocked and you're struggling to well, where's this spp coming from you're not getting casualties you're channeling all your mvps into those players you have got six of them to do so that's you know, six seven games for all of them to get an spp uh, get uh, mvp sorry and then they all need to do a casualty as well in seven games. How long's your league? You know, <laughs> it's, it's yeah, hard to. And, and to we, channel. Play,
0: we, we all play in the DBL and the ECBBL. So there's a little bit of a difference, I'd say, for how you screw your players up because it's how long you've got to do it for. Um, yeah. it, it definitely comes into it, doesn't it?
2: I mean, that, that's, what, that's why in leagues, um, you'll normally find the people that win with, with Liz and Men know how to play with them within each other and they know how to play without the skills. And it's all about pitch control. If, they, if you've got a good pitch control player, they'll do very well with Lizardman. If you just you know, try them for the first time, a lot of people will struggle, especially if you're used to playing things like Orcs, we just jam them in and then they're stuck and then you do casualties, and, and then you're, you're in that un, unrecoverable cycle. It's, how, how, you know, so you, you saw us, as we keep alluding to, me and Martin have a very different approach on this and how you skill them up is very integral in how they play. And your skinks are everything. If you're not taking guard, then you're using your skinks to give you that assist. So if your opponent's got loads of guard, you're using your skinks to, okay, well, even though he's a kill player, I need to put someone next to him so I can get two dice back in my favor. So I don't, I don't tend to go for guard ever on, on a Lizardman team um, because I'm using my skinks wisely, and I've got ones that are disposable and ones that are ball carriers. You know? um, hopefully your skinks by that stage have sized that.
0: Interesting. I mean, uh, uh, let's move on and bring the Soros in because you know, we're moving... We're segueing from the Crocs the big Crocs Dino by the re you know, and you've got a really cool dinosaur on your team, Martin. He's like a proper he's like, a like a the, horse. On, he's like an <laughs> on all fours kind of like, you know, swing his tail at people kind of dinosaur like That's the, most I love the dinosaur. model I have,
1: I love it. Yeah. He is. He,
0: he takes up a lot of space on the pitch, and you need a lot of tokens to even use him. But yeah, <laughs> you know, and and uh, but that brings us to the coolness. But let's move into the saurus, and you know, the the saurus or the the, or the Sorai. Sorai. saurian, Yes, mm-hmm. I mean, the Sorai. I mean, as I said before, they're the meat of the lizardman, with the two veg being the skinks. You know, they're they're the backbone of the team, the solid, the reliable. What is that?
1: What does that make the Crocs though in this analogy?
0: Oh, he's just a guy who has prehensile tail, you know. Just, (laughs) (laughs) but no. But I think I think that's the point we've we've discussed, and we'll we'll go into a bit more. Is that I personally don't think the Crocsagor is essential to the team. I think that the Saurus and the Skinks are. The Crocsagor is a great piece. Has prehensile tail is useful, but he almost takes away from the reliability that adds that preheads hotel and the and the stuff that he yeah,
1: he definitely he definitely adds overall but yeah he does that yeah, i know i know what you mean you can you can play them without them but they're mm. not that, that that's strong. I think that's what
0: i would say but the saurus are absolutely the backbone of the team they're the sort of yin to the skink's yang i would say they they're the, they're the mm-hmm. bash to the edge kind of thing i mean their real strengths are that fucking high value armor on value 9 is awesome. And the speed with the strength is just awesome. Yeah, but their weaknesses, low agility.
1: Low yeah, agility. I was going to say, their
0: weaknesses is their agility and their real lack of any starting skills. And also, they can be really slow to develop. Like, that's, you know, yeah. their, their real weaknesses. But they are mm-hmm. extremely valuable... Really important players, don't leave them isolated. I think you'd agree. Don't, don't leave them by themselves. They need to work together. Working pairs. Don't give your opponents easy opportunities to foul them. With such low agility, it's actually really easy to tie them up with, with like tough players. So you know, pair them up. Never leave them a space or more than one between each of the others so they can really support each other effectively and use that speed to their advantage. I mean, that's come to you first, Martin. Saurus clearly you use them a lot. You, know, you yeah. don't even take the crocs off the bat. So what do you think of the Saurus?
1: um in terms of skill choices and development i just wanted to draw a distinction between perpetual leagues and short leagues versus sure. you know tournament play because I, I do think you build them entirely differently if you want it to be optimal itv um where most of my advice would be yeah hold that do this instead if you're in perpetual league. um so it's and, and i'd say this in the context specifically of guard um Guard like Dan is a, is a skill I would rarely, if ever, uh, take on my Lizardman teams when we're talking short-form league and, uh, and KO tourneys. Um, if you're playing in a persistent league where you're expecting teams to get above 750, you know, 22,000, whatever, TV, you're then, then going to want to do a block guard build on your source. Uh, and by that point, they get up to that TV, you're hitting third skill. So that's the, when you go, well, maybe I'll have my great tackle. Maybe I'll have some tackles, some frenzy. But those are two entirely different f- formats of play. So I just wanted to be clear about that because, yeah, in most circumstances, I remember taking guard unless it was a long, long-form league format. Yeah, sure. Um, so the the two two types of Lizardmen players when it comes to skill choices on, in KO tournaments and probably short-form leagues, I think it's the same. Um, there's the... Go or block, spam block, and once you've got or block, maybe pick a tackle dude as a lone skill, uh, or do something else industry, but interesting. But it's they'll they'll go with the I want to be block wise, 100% reliable, hard to take down, minimise damage, control the pitch, absolutely perfectly solid way of playing. Um, I've heard the argument made by a couple of people um, that you know, well, if you position yourself optimally all the time. You're never going to need any of the mobility on the lizards. Um, and I'd say, it's true, but you could play the perfect game and die screw you. Your opponent five or six ups into your cage. Suddenly you're scrambling. You need to recover. You need to take a ball carrier down. Um, and that's where, in my mind, you need a couple of break tackle, uh, so right alongside your three or four block uh, in an ideal world. Um, it's for the, the game's not in an optimal position. Uh, the game's something I'm going to chase right now. Uh, I've had two saurus removed, hence tying the rest of my saurus up is incredibly easy for my opponent. Then if you've got some break tackle, it's it's not a get-out of jail free card, but it 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 just basically minimises the one weakness in your team, which is the mobility of your strength four pieces. Um, I would say though you need always two, one's not enough, one can be isolated, taken down, can't exert its movement across the pitch anymore. Um, I would also say if you're going to go into break tackle they're never the outermost sore eye they will need to be one in so they're not the first target to get a blitz so they should retain their their move six ability to, to dodge around the pitch even if they get um, marked up um, so yeah that, 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 those to me are, when you're talking about what, what single skill am I going to pick in my short league or KO tournament it is basically is it block is it break tackle or are you one of those gnarly dudes who's ready to play uh, lizards at to play um, elves even and has put a single tackle guy on there which I've seen a fair bit none of these are wrong options um, but they do play to different play styles and I just and my personal opinion is against the range of opponents I play against which tends to be not so many elves in the field um, that I get when I get caught out on a drive it's because something's gone wrong and I need to scramble back and the amount of times where break tackles got me out of danger there or Indeed, enable me to reinforce a sideline push and install because I've got the no mobility. Far outweighs to me the number of occasions where I think, "Shit, if I had block there, I wouldn't have turned over." Um,
2: now, that's not that's not
1: quite as straightforward because block obviously keeps your saws on the pitch longer and, and other things. Maybe I'm being a little bit simplistic there, but yeah, the one tournament I played where I didn't have break tackle on team, it was for four skills only. Um, I'd gone for the silly Billy. That wall of strength for everybody's got block that's got a skill. I got caught out twice, one of which I couldn't recover to some fouling humans. If I had break tackle on the pitch, the opponent wouldn't have scored. So it just underlined for me then it's like for my play style, um, break tackle is absolutely key. Um, but it always has to be the base of you need three, minimum three block to be remotely reliable as a starting point. So league play, block, block. Maybe a break tackle to so block, break tackle, round out with block and whatever you like.
0: Um, Bit you of a mess. Mm. Yeah. What do you think, Dan? Come at me with the Saurus. The Saurus, the meat. The, de- 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 de-
1: mm. the dinosaurs. Oh, what do you reckon? I record? think we should do Godzilla next. But I, I <laughs> <haven't seen> <laughs> what well do you well, reckon,
2: Dan? Uh, well, Grit pretty much described me there. Um, I played the other style where I like the reliability of block. Um, I will take one tackle piece because in a league you know who gets what when you know your, your first two for me your first two sources is block your third one's tackle the rest fill out with block and then the first three if they get enough spp and they're looking at a second skill then they get something different um i play my tackle uh soros depend on what team i'm facing so i'm placing uh, you know, I'm i'm used to playing in leagues the same way i play in tournaments um in tournaments i'm used to facing if, if you are up to the, the top tables it's um, undead where you've got ghouls to take out. It's, you know, um, wood elves. It's, you know, dark elves with their multitude of blodging um, blitzers. You, you know, if you come up against those teams, or even at the start of a tournament when you, you, hopefully you're facing your, your stunting opponent and they're just stunning across the board, um, that one tackle player is absolutely phenomenal, it, it's, especially Amazons with Roxy. There's, there's so many opponents you're going to face that rely on their, their dodge um, and these men find it hard to come up with tackle. You know, you're not going to put wrestle on your strength four guy. It's so, so you are the. I, I don't personally use break tackle because I find that, you know, as, as you said, you're playing against players where hopefully they're bunching up. You're not putting all your sorus uh, up there. I have one behind with my tackle to, to sweep. He's movement six, strength four, moving back and forth where he needs to be um yeah it's and and then you're always using i don't use the blitz on other guys the only time i'll ever use a blitz on someone who's not a saurus is the the skinks if they have broken through your line pardon me if they have broken through your line and it's your last go-to attempt you can swarm them with skinks you know people don't don't think about it because they're, oh, they're only stunt- They're only but it's quite, easy. and because the fact that you've swarmed him with skinks, even if it fails and it all goes wrong, it's not like you've used that break ta- tackle, Soros to come back, hit that player. If it goes wrong, he's on his butt, and then you haven't got anyone next to him. If you swarm him with skinks, it's more reliable, I find, because even if it all goes wrong, one skinks down, and then you've got two or one skink next to the person, And what strength. If it's strength two gut runner or strength three, or like, I've, I've literally took out war dancers with a swarm of skinks, and the opponent's like, oh right, it's nothing to do now because he's, he's, you know, he's dropped the ball, and then, he's, you know, and then he's got players around him where he needs to dodge harder to pick up dice rolls and everything else. Um, the, for me, what I find when I see people playing with the break-tackle Sauruses is they're only using it to get away from contact to use your Saurus as a screen between your skink line on, on the sidelines. I see that a lot. And, I, and that yeah, I can, I can appreciate that, and that would be ideal. But the way I play... I don't tend to find I have a lot of Sauruses tied up. Everyone keeps saying this, oh, I just put a zombie on a source, I put a zombie on a saurus. But then if you're always using your Sauruses your for, for blitzing, you know, that's even if it's just a push and you're going in the opposite direction, you're still moving five squares reliably in the other direction. It, I don't find it too hard to, to move them around and not get them tied up. But then I have played them a lot. I played them for a full year before I played them for Ireland. Um, and playing a lot of tournaments, a lot of different rule sets against a lot of different opponents, a lot of teams, and I just find that you need that block for a lot. Of, the Italian way of playing is the kind of the same way I play. you have the reliability, and 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 I like a tackle piece to to deal with as a sweeper. Um, the way Gritter likes to play is the professional sort of Team England way of playing, where they like the mobility, control the control the pitch, and move people around where they need them to be so it's, it's you have to f- you have to think when you're skilling up your saurus what is your style and it's it's kind of like you kind of need to play practice games with with you know uh using those those, those skills and you're only giving one skill to a saurus he's not getting a multitude of skills unless you're in the scenario where you're doing those perpetual leagues um where lizard men do brilliant to like mid and then as long as they don't hit your nergals who are 2000 Nurgle with Claw smashing <laughs> off the pitch Claw is the answer to a high TV Lizardman team and that's where it's, Claw tackle, that's where it gets scary, um, but before that if you're a good player and you know how to move things around and control space you'll dominate with Lizardman, you know you need one skill on a Soros and it's what, what, you are, reckon, you, what Richard, are you going for
0: So that with, the, with the, the comeback to Zan
1: I'm, I think the um, the big point that I agreed with in there is it's about play style um mm. which it is it's it's, it's an it's a choice it's neither or it's not a bad choice good choice it's about play style um what i would the, the one thing i guess i i don't get and i've never I've never used it myself so I'd be interested to know but with with the choice of a lone tackle sorus um, mm-hmm. which you say you sometimes go with I always go with now, does that, do you genuinely not run into problems where people just dodge through and mark up that bastard before they do what they want to do? That's always been my
2: thought of why I would not take one. Um,
1: there's a second bit, but I'll let you answer that
2: first. Well, it's, it's a case of what resources they're using against yours, and it's the same way as any good top-level play. You know, your strength four, um, so uh, as, he, as he keeps mentioning, most teams you're playing against are hopefully strength three, they're bunching up, and then you're controlling space. If you're playing against someone who's strength, then you're using your speed and you're relying on your, your skinks to control the pitch. So you're trying to use your strengths against your opponent. Um, if, you, if you've got a tackle dude on the pitch,
1: it's because sweeper. you, you it's sweeper in the sweeper position. Yeah. Yeah. It's because you are hoping to, or think you're going to come up with opponents that have got dodge or some agility skills, like Elves, for instance. And it is Elves I'm thinking of in that particular example. They're gonna cut through your line. If they're gonna to want to potato down a picture of a couple of people and take mm-hmm. your tackle out of the game, surely they're not probably more much more than the two up dodge through your line away or three up to go right side of your tackle do. So you'd have to even mm-hmm. dodge away to come around to get to the side
2: you want to. Because that's what I would do if
1: I if I saw that in the safety position. I'm like, right, right, i to take him out of the
2: game. That yeah, well that depends on how bad it's going. Um if you're if they're going down the other side and they're all caged up, and then they've used someone to come around your lines, and <laughs> elves elves aren't caging anyway. Is what I mean. I, I think well, it's, it's a sideline caging. Sorry, as well, man. As the yeah, screening yeah, okay. sideline like caging. So it's a case of you use your reliable block player to blitz through the screen, and then you put your tackle player in against the ball carrier, and oh, you just hope, up. up. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. um If you can get the tackle player on the blodgers, brilliant. You know, but then it's not always going to happen. Most of the times, as I say, if they're breaking through your line. You probably have to rely on skinks swarm defense, where you know it's you not know, your go-to, but they can easily just dodge through a screen, you know, and and they can get mm. uh, with the, the players there. Can they, So, it's oh not, yeah, you no, know, certainly you can certainly you can take people down with skinks, two three skinks. I've done that. It's, it's well, not well, it's not always where you want to be because it usually involves yeah. a few three ups to get into that position. In yes yeah, but then but it's so uh, Yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I've I've surfed loads of people just dodging skinks into the the sideline cage. Yeah, spaces, it is glorious. and then hit it in a Soros block and taking like taking a player off um but it's I see, it, so it's, it's yeah. one
1: thing we've not talked about in general tactics is the fact that sideline cages for your opponents are a very dodgy decision to make yeah well, yeah not, I think I think,
0: that... I think maybe we'll bring that in in the tournament Bill well, I've let this discussion go because it's quite interesting to see what you know what you guys have to talk about sauruses and and you, yeah. you've you've uh, you've ventured into the tournament side of Sora Bill which is fine you know it's good. it's good to have a little discussion about it and we'll talk more in the tournament well, build. I, maybe we'll bring in the sideline cage then
1: my, my, what I was going to say though is I, I think and I think Dan agrees although we might just differ slightly on skill choices but it's it's the same approach it's one of those two approaches whether it's short form league or tournament the skills you choose and in which, which order are probably going to be a block playstop. or block break tackle based money play playstyle. I think yeah. it's the same
0: yeah and and I think Dan, will bring in the tackle chat a little bit more. And it's you no, know, it's nice that you gents have had a little bit of a debate now. But we'll 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 bring that more into the tournament side. But you, yeah. I agree, Greta. What do you guys think before we move on to the uh, skinks and the chameleon skinks? Why not? Uh, but before we move on to those two, what do you think to a sort of wrestle, strip ball, tackle source, like a rackler kind of? so a bit later on maybe your fifth or sixth saurus but it's a build yeah. that's disputed by a lot of people but you know i mean just just to give it a you know give you the I... stats um you know you you've know got a 97.2 percent chance of getting the ball if you've got wrestle or strip ball and they're not hard skills to get on we're talking ball. on a Saurus. Yeah, like, so I
2: mean, wrestle strip ball yeah
0: wrestle strip ball is a 97.2 percent chance of getting the ball off yeah, six, 16 the ball spp
2: on a player that's struggling to get spp and can
1: be marked up and be on a five plus dodge. Mm.
0: Okay. I'm just, I'm just saying, so <laughs> <laughs> as that safety, as that safety we talked about, that you've been talking about, Dan, of, of mm. using that wrestle and then maybe as a secondary. I mean, I, so,
2: I, I've never seen wrestle on a, on a Lizardman team. I know what you're saying. On is, a skink, maybe. maybe. Yeah. Maybe, Maybe, but then you're, Who's your, who's that's your, who's after you've Is that after, you chose, exactly, it's after yeah. you've chosen block on one skink and shore hands on another. If you roll all those doubles, then you might go wrestle And and then you're giving up yeah. the blood step, yeah, which is the holy grail of the skink. Oh no, I mean, I mean single single skilled skinks. But I know what you mean if you're stacking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah it's,
3: the I mean, argument is, it's,
0: is that you don't want your soros on the ground, do you? I'm just I'm just putting it out yeah. there because you have got six of these fuckers. And normally mm. on like a standard team, like we were talking Gritter about in the last uh, podcast, kind going to go out about uh, ghouls, where you got three, four of them, and you're going to get one of them wrestle. And you know, with Gutter Runners, you're going to get one of them wrestle uh, often. Even with um, yeah.
3: even,
0: you give a live wrestle. uh, wrestles a really good skill to have. And yeah, maybe well, maybe skinks are the guys. you I don't. To, but why not give it to one of the six or well, like? It is, I'm going to say it is an option.
1: Yeah. One or two. So one I or don't. Two I scores. don't think. I don't think Lizards are a toolbox team in the same way that some other teams are. Okay. Um, they've got six players that do bashing really well and they've got a Crocs that does that and then they've got ball carriers and dodgers. And everything in my mind that you do just should accentuate the existing strengths. So for that's putting blocks on sauruses, That's adding to your dodge, in my opinion, by putting a break tackle on a saurus or two. Um, that's it. They don't need more than that, in my opinion. Um, yep. Most Most of the... I'm not going to pick out all my games as examples, but I'm just in, gen, in general sense of lots of the tabletop plans I've game with lizards, it's been very, very winny. Not because I've got the skill set and tools on my players to negate others, but that if I can't stop a drive, I can pretty much always force a score. Um, which is by squeezing them down a sideline, by making the possibility of stalling mean they're going to lose players and possibly the ball as well. And I just think because of the mobility and strength across the whole team, if you just keep accentuating that with most of your skill choices, it just makes that even more so. Whereas if you, take, you actually take away from it by spreading out and trying to specialise into certain skills when you
2: haven't got a lot of skills to play with to begin with. Yeah, I mean, that's what we haven't discussed is, <laughs> not even mentioned, is a double on a you know, Ignore. Ignore. Exactly, ignore. ignore. You, you, Sorry, ignore. ignore. Yeah, ignore. Like,
0: that's why we haven't discussed it.
2: Yeah, but it's
1: the people. Unless do. it's th- unless it's
2: third skill, even then,
1: what would you take? Maybe dodge. Probably
2: not even then. Yeah, dodge if you had break tackle already. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's. Yeah. It's.
0: I mean, actually, weirdly, I, I, What I would say is that actually. You might take stand firm on Soros's later down the line. And I personally think sidestep's better than stand firm. So if you've already built a Saurus where he's got lock and he's got some stuff that you want and you roll a double, oh, I might take yeah. sidestep because that allows me to put him where I want him to put him. And sidestep's really good in that situation. I, don't, I, I personally don't think you take dodge. I don't think you need to. Like I think he's tough enough that it's not going to come up. I think sidestep's better because it allows, as you've said, Dan, that control elizabeth where you can put that saurus where you want him to be mm. even if people fucking hit him like, I, I after
2: admit, i do like the idea of a movement six strength four unskilled pro elf blitzer sidestep on a on a saurus block does true. sound quite in, quite entertaining <laughs> like, oh suddenly he's in my cage because i blocked him <laughs>
0: <Exactly>. <laughs> and, I think, and, and we talked about this greater on the last thing that the other podcast side step is that sidestep is in my book, better than stand firm because you can actually go somewhere. Stand firm's good, but if you can have the option to take sides up on a player that shouldn't get it, it's such a good skill. And I think Saurus are one of those players that benefit from that.
2: I, yeah. I I
0: just wanted to chuck chuck that in. The the wrestle Saurus for me, maybe he's more of a perpetual league thing. I think it's a, a thing to have a discussion about because it's it's just weird that other teams just just beg for that wrestle, and wrestle is so good and you yeah. get six of these dudes so you kind of think in your head oh well maybe I, I really want it but as, as you guys have very eloquently pointed out one of the key things about the Saurus is that the reason they're so good is because you have loads of them and they can cover all of that space and in order to cover that space, they need to be standing. So you just, you just don't want them to be on the ground. Um, and I think, I think you've eloquently come back at me, but I just, I just want to put that out there because it's, it's an interesting debate to have. And sometimes we don't think of it. We're like, yeah, why,
3: why didn't you do that? And,
0: and I think we've, we've covered that in spades. Let's move on to the skinks, the stars, the two veg of the, uh, the Lizardman team. Those, you know, have you seen that scene in a which one is it? Jurassic Park Two, where there's like the little dinosaurs and the guy goes off into the Velociraptors. The, the velocir- No, no, it's not the velociraptors. Oh, so the in, ones um, that
1: eat the ones that eat that guy at the end. And yeah, yeah. So in, so I think they, it's
0: I think it's number two, where they go on the beach and they're having like that that picnic on the beach and they and they've got the cruise, you know, like a little cruise ship off it, and then some guy goes off into the jungle and gets eaten by the little tiny
1: dinosaurs. The cute yeah, looking they're, ones. They're baby. The little baby. cute
0: ones. The baby baby, ones, but they they swarm that dude and eat him. And I I think of the skinks as that kind of guy, that kind of dinosaur. Uh, I mean, you know, they provide the speed, the mobility uh, to the Lisman team. They're typically, you know, they're going to be your ball handlers and they provide a really, as you said, Dan, they provide a really good defensive cover. They're that screen that you're going to put in place. Um, But they also have the ability to capitalize on any mistakes, like I said at the start your opponent makes like if you're going to get a blitz the skink's going to do that they're going to put the pressure on that movement eight from movement seven like you said is is really fucking awesome um straight off the bat um let's go to gritter first side step is what you're going to take any on thought, the sure, the
1: yeah first skill yeah in fact any time i've seen someone in the league playing lizards and they've not gone sidestep, I've usually said, why have you not gone sidestep?
2: Because
1: uh, that is taking the first skill, yeah. Uh, if you've not rolled a double, run. and I'd, I'd, even st- <laughs> I'd even argue if you rolled two single of
3: the
0: Antichrist.
1: I'd even argue if you roll two single skills on one skink, um, and you've got enough money, fire the bastard. Uh, mm. It's just a drag. But yeah, a bit of sidestep and diving tackle. Maybe one or two of them is useful. But there are no other single skill choices in my book doubles catch. options
2: but catch
3: one catch deal, <laughs> do you, think, you reckon do you think catch- yeah, yeah one, one. Go on then what do you think about the, the handoffs,
2: hand-offs. Yeah. yeah the handoff the movement you know movement 16 <laughs> Who, how, many, who's to go, Movem how many um how many sidestepers are you
1: having before you go for your first catch dude? though
2: all of them like
1: you're <laughs> <things> with, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so a yeah, second but,
0: skill choice
2: there yeah and it's a case of by that stage you know, the thing is, as you say, um, for a second skill, you've then gone 16 points on a, on a skink, you know, and you're not using, you're not, not really getting um, casualty SPPs on anyone on the team. You're, you're struggling to do casualties. Um, you, know, you, you saw us again, all your MVPs. The only way you're scoring on skinks is two touchdowns, which is easily done. Um, but then it's like, oh, next game, this one, two touchdowns, this one, two touchdowns. You know if you're going to get all four skinks with sidestep and then you know and then and then you play on the play on re- re- reality of it is you're going to lose a couple of skinks some of them are going well, to as we good.
0: said and hopefully one of those dudes rolls a double and then you'll straight away block you're no, going no. to blodge. Ho-
2: hopefully one of them rolls plus agility that is not yeah, really well, great uh, okay
0: so on the stat increases <laughs> i mean all the stat increases actually oh, you take all oh. of them don't you agility to be honest agility movement and strength are all good on skinks would you agree dan
2: yeah i mean strength is a tricky one because you don't have a blocking skill so yeah you're trying to get the dice up um but as you say, you don't have access to block, you don't have access to wrestle, you don't have access to, that you're hoping for a double. they're not
0: like gutter runners where they can just then go and do that.
2: Yeah, yeah the, the, the thing about having a strength free is then you're still getting them sidestep and and then he's a strength free sidestep. Some person's only hitting you with one dice, hopefully, and you get to move him where you need to be, and then not you not then you're less likely to give up the two dice, but then you're putting fifty K on top of your skink and your team's rocketing mm. up through the TVs.
0: But it's, agility is amazing and movement really adds to that uh, one. turn that you want to do.
2: Two two plus reliable dodge with with built in dodge. You know, And picking up the ball on the two plus, but you're saying, this, you're saying, well, what are you using your rerolls for? Picking up the ball is, is your first go to. And then, after the once you've got the ball in your hands, it literally is, well, I'm moving where I need to be, and the rest of my rerolls are for blocks um, because you've got that dodge, stunted dodge, it just gives you so much power. Yeah.
0: Would you agree, Greta?
1: Yeah, 100%. And, and just engage smug mode and say, I'm fumble, I've got a plus strength, plus agility, super skink, and it's oh. awesome.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 but as we've alluded to, gentlemen, the uh, the Skink um, is also a build, isn't it? Where you where you uh, if you can, if you can get the the diving tackle, and if you can get wrestle potentially on a skink that's not a shit build to go. That's a yeah. I, and everyone.
1: I was just going to, yeah, I was just come back to. That. I was just going to say one thing on the stat ups. If you roll plus move, but it's a double, I think I'd be tempted to take do- the double, not the plus. Move. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
2: Um, so sorry about It that. g- gives fine. you so much more.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think a blodge skink is the holy grail, isn't it? It, it?
2: Again, it depends on what you're facing. If you know you've got um, wood elves, and you, this is the thing I haven't mentioned before, if you're playing against um, slam and wood elves a lot more than than anything else, you go to a tournament with agi friendly. You need to learn to play in a different style. Then you are relying on your cage with your outside screening cage, and you've still only got a shrimp for uh, shrimp, shrimp two ball carrier, and they're going to have a strip ball, uh, a strip ball, and a tackle wardancer looking to come at you different angles. Yeah. Um, you need to. Then know how to play the team. That's the only time I probably rely heavily on cages. Whereas normally I'll be relying on screens, depending on you know what style of thing. So it's you, you do need to know your opposition and then think about what skills you're giving them. So in, in a league or stuff like that, if I'm skilling up, I would I would give a skink shorthands sure hands on a double before giving them block if I knew there were teams like wood elves and stuff like that to the um, strip ball, or or skaven gut runners and stuff, and what they've got.
0: No, that's absolutely fair enough. What do you think about, because um, this often comes up uh, particularly with gutter runners who are sort of a strength two, sort of equivalent player, but they're better, um, but also <laughs> stunty builds. What do you think about a double guard on a skink to get that skink in the cage and do some damage? Maybe in a perpetual league, but in general, what do you think about it?
1: Dan. For me, go on Dan.
0: Oh, Gritter, go no. on Gritter. No, You're go on, Gritter. Down, You're you shoot him down
2: first, Dan. I think we're going to say <laughs> um, the same thing. No, I, I wouldn't take guard. I think. If, if, you're, if you're blitzing a cage, you're blitzing the cage corner ways and you're getting your strength in there to try and tie him up. So then he's forced to give up his cage, potato, uh, you know what potato means, uh, running away on his own, and then you swarm with the skinks. You're not using your skink to cage break unless you're playing against other, uh, other Lizardman players where they've got their, their skink cage and then you put your skink cage next to his skink cage and you dodge in and just do a take up straight up, one-up on him that's the only time I think that you really want to be cage breaking to take someone down with your, like everyone loves those hero moments of, Oh, i done a free dice uphill and it all worked out fine. <laughs> it's bit, but it's like, you don't play that way. And if you're playing lizard, yeah. then you're playing in the odds. You're, you know, you're, you're looking at the one in 9s you you're looking at this and that it's the skinks aren't, aren't your, uh, your, your ball suckers. If you swarm or if you catch them out where they don't pick up in their backfield, that's the only time that you're using your skinks really to blitz someone back down to pick up the ball and, and score on them and, and when, all, when all, their luck has run away and Nuffles forsaken them. <laughs> um, but. And I
0: think you'd agree greater, isn't it? Is that that's what the skinks are about. They're about those averages. And I, I'm, I'm purely throwing these in just to give you gentlemen some stuff to talk about, but cause, cause that's, and it's interesting when you bring this into talking about other teams where, you know, in, in other teams, it, use that word again but you, you might use those skills or you might use that guard and stuff to do different tactics but the reason lizards are so good is because as you said Dan, they play those averages and they've got those six strength four saurus, and all those skinks and the crocs are to add that little dimension to play those averages haven't they Grita?
1: yeah they do and i, I think the other thing I, I would say to this question of guard on a skin, um i can't remember exactly what you said earlier dan but I kind of agree with it. It was a little while back, and we were talking about he didn't think that lizardman teams needed guard at all, which in yeah. a lot of, in most cases, I'd, I'd agree with. Um, and and the reason not to put guard on a skink is a you don't need guard on a lizardman team in most scenarios. B I can't think of a field position where you know your saurus needs an assist and can get into get at the ball carrier where guard is going to be the one thing where you could have got the other assist. It sounds like you're in open play or broken play already if you're in mm. that sort of scenario, that the source has already got a lane into the carrier. Um, I just can't think of many scenarios where a guard skink is going to add, actually add that much in that sort of scenario. Um, and yeah, all of the other double choices for me are stronger, but for different reasons. Block. Do you think a, like, if you were playing carrying, into a
0: league where you're playing against one or two Orc teams and maybe a Chaos team and that's those are people you've got a lot of strength for and they're going to take guard that you're going to have to take more of that guard
1: yeah but that's where my Crops takes guard over a
2: different skill choice it wouldn't be um, on the scheme Plus, plus you're spread out so guard is only good if you're Compact, bunched. Yeah, yeah exactly. So if, if you're spread out with your strength, and then they're using two beastmen against your one sort uh, of stuff like that, you're, you're achieving the aim. That you're sucking their numbers where they need to, need to be. They're putting all their resources into one area of the pitch, and it's pitch control. So even without guard, it's, it's, you need to separate them, spread them out, and then you negate guard because if they're not next to each other, they're not doing it. It's not cause, it's not giving them any benefit. Spot on.
1: That's exactly <laughs> how I play against dwarves with, with lizards. Exactly, spread yeah. the play. Broken play is what you. And want. orcs. Yeah. And, then, and I think that's,
0: that's the takeaway, isn't it, from what we're talking about here on the league build is that Lizaman can play really spread out. They're like a, they're like a bash team that, because of the Skinks, you know, can do the scoring and the speed, but they can spread out in a way that other higher strength teams can't because they just don't have that speed to be able
3: to take advantage yeah.
0: of it. And
1: mm-hmm. they can maintain that, that wide screen and reposition that wide screen so easily as well. Um, I think Dan mentioned as well earlier that it wants to play most of the time in a screen, not in a cage. And that's 100% right in my experience as well. By the time yeah. you've bunched up into a cage, that mobility, you've almost self negated but a lot of it because they can then wrap around you. Um, and that's what you don't want. You don't want them nipping at the rear of your cage, which is probably a form of a skin cut. Um, you just don't want that to happen You don't want them exposed. So you want that widespread screen, which is kind of what you're describing, Tom. The sources that can't won't be able to give you full pitch coverage, and mm-hmm. I'm just realising I'm gesticulating with my hands, and this is a <laughs> <laughs> this is going to go no out. See, no um, see you. Yeah, you, so you can't form the entire width of the pitch, but you pretty much can with a bit of shifting about. You just keep that screen the whole time.
2: Yeah, uh, was it guard? Five, guard is just
1: not required for that.
2: Was it five players to cover tackle zone, covering the whole pitch from from width wise? I don't know. It sounds one short, but probably right. No, fifteen squares, five players tackled on either side. I think yeah. So five players is literally covering a whole line on the pitch. You've got six or a strength four or a Crocs in that line. You know. You want your strength spread out, so they have to use their you know, use their players to to move out, and then they bunch together, and then you move your strength around them, and you're doing literally what you just said. Their mind, whereas you're doing what to them what they hopefully were trying to do to you, where you're using your strength to surround them, and then put your skinks <laughs> <either side>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The Velociraptor's coming in. No, sorry, I carried
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> I it's an impromptu break. <laughs> no, I, think, I, think we're, I think
0: we're hitting the on head, aren't we? That, that, that the real strength of the Lizard is that movement and agility with the strength. Like that's what's mm-hmm. really good. And, and the last player we have to talk about, but I, think, I don't think we have to talk about them, really, is the Chameleon Skinks, which if you take them, well, if you take them, you would skill them in the similar way to the Skinks, like Sidestep, on a shadowing dude is really yeah. good so if yeah. you're going to use chameleons sidesteps great Agility's great like I, I can't see a different use for skinks other than a chameleon skinks other than what we talked about with skinks yeah there
2: might, yeah. I mean, I yeah, yeah. yeah, might be a little bit more strong stronger in a tournament where you get to give them a skill if it's mm. but then you know it all depends on tournaments There's so many different tournaments out there they've got the the tournament the Lizardmen's kind of struggle where they say okay well this, we're doing this to negate dwarfs and it's the oh you can only take two of a, of a skill and no spam yeah. that, that does yeah, hurt that, Lizardmen a bit lizards, that, yeah, it yeah, does okay. a little bit I mean you can play around it but then you know, you're not giving agility skills to, to skink all, all your skills are literally general skills for in, in, a, in a, I find in a tournament um, absolutely
0: and, we're, and we're, Dan we're going to come into tournaments in a minute so before okay. you before you shoot your load Track all over on the, the place, place. Well uh, <laughs> I think we can close down the league chat right now. I mean yeah. just a little tip before we move on. Um personally for me lizards really 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 strong in a short league build probably almost even stronger in like a medium league build but then they do start to top out then they where would you say do yeah. they top out what sort of tv would
1: you say that well, top out Well but that that's, that's where I was saying about it depends how you build if you built for the real long haul they can mm-hmm. go up above the 2,000 TV plus. But you think, but do you think? Do
0: you, you not think they're but, just going to come up against the claw mighty yes, blow? Yes, they
1: might. Now, I can I can think a perfect experience of this. I stupidly, because you know I don't play much fumble these days. I, I think I entered into one of the most recent majors with a Lisbon team, um, and if I wanted to get through, I had to play three stacked dwarf teams, which are all like. 2400 plus all spanned guard and stand firm and mighty blow um and it's interesting because mine was my more traditional build how it would, would originally been you know for lower tv so it was all block break tackle a bit of sidestep frenzy for some shenanigans but yeah absent one only one or two guard on the team um As soon as I got a couple chipped off, which were my break tackle dudes, it was just like, well, what the hell can I do here except absolute six up shenanigans. So, yeah, I I nearly managed to get a draw, but went out in extra time, I think. But then the same opponent was playing a Lizardman team with, with what I mentioned with the perpetual build to it, which had block guard everywhere and then had a bit of break tackle and had some other skills on top. And that was actually able to stand up to that sort of stack, sort of dwarf team in a different way. Now, obviously, that's not Claw. It wasn't Chaos Dwarves. It wasn't Chaos. Um, yeah, all of the Claw teams, when you get up to that team. I think you're like, right, though. You know, I think I could see out. Guard
0: yeah. being a real problem. If you've got six blokes with Block Guard...
1: Now, now try using your Claw, blow. because, you know, the, yeah, those even Claw even Mighty Blow claw, might stacks yeah. are usually absent or have, don't have as much Guard.
0: How can um, they get those two dices? I think uh, that's yeah. probably right, Dan, isn't it? Oh. If you if you really build those Storus guys to have just just block guard, and then you look, yeah, you know, and the Crocs gets guard, and probably he's probably going to roll a double. You're gonna you're gonna cut him out in a perpetual league. Like he'll probably be block guard as well. So you have got seven guys who are block guard. That's that's actually quite hard to get those two dices, isn't it, Dan? I think uh, yeah, I, I don't yeah. disagree.
2: Yeah, I mean that's what we were literally mentioning before. If you if you can spread your opponent out and Lizardmen are a control team. You know, you need to have the answers to what your opponent's going to throw at you, and you need to know how to play different styles to different teams. You're playing different to against a bash team. You're playing different against an agility team. Um, you know, wood elves. You can't spread out because, as you mentioned before, they'll run round, tag up your players. You know, and they're picking on your skinks, and you're stuck. So you do need to kind of think a little bit more cagey if you're playing an agility team. It's you've got the answers, but you need to know what to do with it, about it.
0: No, and I would fully agree that. So yeah, I mean I can see that, Greta, how you could build them for a perpetual league, but I don't I still don't think they're the strongest. There's the claw, mighty bullshit no, that you can get in those in some of those teams is obscene. Yeah,
1: but I think they go yeah, all the way from starting TV certainly up to seventeen
2: fifty. It it, yeah. it 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 depends. Even you know, the high TVs stuff like that. is it a knockout tournament? You know those teams might kill each other, and then you, you're getting through, or you, you might receive some damage, but then you're still getting through if you're scoring on them and they're not scoring on you. It's yeah. You know, it's again, nothing. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, <laughs> and and we'll we'll talk in a list, in a minute, listeners about. How strong lizardmen are in a tournament build, where you can really play those averages and play those odds. Um, so gents, we'll take a quick break here and we'll come back and talk about Lizardmen in the tournament. See. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the final segment of this Lizardman Race Review, where we're going to go into probably the bit that I love the most, which is the tournament build for the Lizardman. And I've never, ever, 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 ever taken Lizardmen to a tournament, but I feel like it's something that I should do. They're a bit OP. They're always tier one. I mean, uh, initial thoughts, Dan, on lizardmen for the tournaments. What do you reckon?
2: Well, it's literally what you just said there. They're always torn up, <laughs> right? So, what are, what are you looking at when you are looking at a tournament? So, it depends on your, you know, your, what tournaments you get into and what type of player you are and what sort of you're looking at. You know, if you're someone like me, who is a, comp- I, I'm not going to lie, I am a competitive player. I don't like to, I like if I go to tournaments for fun, I normally get drunk and I don't care what my results are. If I'm going to win, I take Teams like Lizardmen. You know, if, I'm, if I rock up at a tournament and say what are you playing, I say Lizardmen. I'm normally staying sober and I'm trying to do as well. As I can. So
0: you're trying to say, Dan, <laughs> that if you take Lizardmen to a tournament, then you're a colossal cunt. Is that what you're saying? Um. <laughs> <laughs> like I carry out that with like power gamer looking to win. Is that what? You're yeah. Saying?
2: <laughs> you're, you're, you're there to compete. If you're taking Lizardmen, you're not there for a laugh. You're there, there to compete. Um, and it's but winning, of, winning is laughing, Dan. Yeah, oh, oh, <laughs> winning oh. is
1: fun. if you win, then it
0: is fun.
2: I've never, I've never won a game and gone away from the table like, ah, oh, damn, I'm really upset oh, how that went. Yeah, um, but then it's what the, the tournaments that are around you and what you're available to get at, uh, to get to, um. It's the, the build up of the tournament, make everything to how you play lizardman. So, are you looking at a tournament that is okay? Well, we're going to stop the general skill spamming to you know negate dwarfs. No one ever says it, oh, it's to negate lizardman, it's always to negate dwarfs. We don't dwarf guard spam, okay? But then that affects lizardman so much because you're forced to take two of a skill and it's still doable, you still can have a strong team, it's just not as open yeah. as you would say. It, OP,
1: it might be the one case where you use Tom's wrestle saurus, for instance yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i mean that's the thing isn't it if i mean immediately dan we will come to you in a minute Greta. but if if someone says literally no duplication of skills at all you can only get one block sorus that really really puts you in a pigeonhole doesn't it
2: yeah i mean it's it's, it's more than just that it's okay well what are the roles of the players that you're giving it to because you know it's there, there are tournaments out there that People still take lizardmen too, but it totally turns them on their head. So it was the Cambridge doubles where you can only take doubles. Yeah. You know, okay. i oh, I get all the doubles for my lizard uh, for my sor- or skink. Sorry, it's brilliant. But what are you going to give to your sauruses? You know, okay. Well, shadowing sidestep. Uh, oh, but then, but then you have <laughs> you, you don't have your reliable blitz player. You know, It's it's it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's the, the tournament rule set makes everything to how you play and what you're taking with them and and, and how they operate. Um. And as I was saying before, it, when you're used to uh, tournaments generally take a style of well what is it focusing towards so normally in a year you'll have a lot of tournaments that are dedicated towards the big majors or the, the euro bowl or the euro open um and they'll just adopt that rule set for that year so people can get, get are going to go there to get practicing um and then what i found is for for wales in 2000 uh, 2018 it was like that all the tournaments before that were all euro bowl centered um 2019 were all uh, World Cup centred, you know, it's all about what we're what we going to be the rule set in Austria, rule set in Austria, getting people used to it. And then this year, after, after the World Cup, after, last October, um, I found that people just needed a bit of a break. And a lot of the tournaments at the moment are kind of like yours, are kind of, OK, well, let's get a star in, you can have a star in your starting 11, let's do this. And it just changes the matter. You know, if you're not playing, Lizard men are one of your picks for your box standard. Um, OK, well, I've got a squad team, you know, like Euro Bowl, I've got eight players. could you imagine taking a team of eight players without having a lizard man that are tier one reliable you know you can give them six skills they can do the the general skill spam okay um so i couldn't imagine taking a team without a lizard man coaching it because they're so strong at what they do what they give you and they are part of that okay what's my starting eight you're not taking a fun roster you're taking a competitive roster
0: i mean that's the thing gritter isn't it like unless you limit the number of skills they can they can duplicate you you kind of can't make Lisbon shit like if they can get no, three skills they can still be competitive.
1: Yeah, I, I think three is the absolute bare minimum before they become so much more unreliable than other similar teams, which start have starting skills. So I think three bare minimum, which I think is what Navs does on the first three rounds, isn't it? You got three, and then you go six. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I agree with um, what we were saying earlier that if you're limiting the number of duplicate skills on a team, it just eats into their effectiveness all the way through um, because you're accentuating blocking and strength, except you're not because you can only choose two of that block skill. Yeah, I just wouldn't take the team, frankly. Um, I, I think Pearly's uses that. I've never taken Lizards to Pearly's, so I don't think I would. On that skill set, it promotes different teams over others being played, doesn't it? That's what these different formats do. Um, but yeah, I get what Dan means. Is there's the box standard, almost the de facto standards in terms of TV one one hundred five mm-hmm. slash six skills. Yep. No, no rules about skill stack. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know, Tom, if you wanted to talk about that as an an initial one, and then talk about the variances. And,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, yeah. that's interesting, Richard, that you bring that up. I mean, you brought lizards to our 1.1 build super bowl earlier this year and um lost ignominiously to my non-optimized human team the ones i I couldn't tell which models were which yeah i I didn't even try i just sort of thought i've got a i've got a build here that i'm not even going to try and push it (laughs) and 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 gritter had his lizardman optimized build and uh, and lost didn't you
1: yeah i I complete i completely didn't realize one of your models was an indifferent model with higher movement it's
2: uh, i mean there's always nothing you can do if your opponent's <laughs> dice burn a hole through the table because they're so hot. It no, but, <laughs> to be fair, uh, it wasn't. No, that, I mean, I
3: mean, like, yeah. <laughs> no, we we had a good game,
0: didn't we? I mean, uh, I mean, uh, and and that's, I mean, as a sort of sidebar, the, the the humans with mighty Zug brings a different dimension to this type of lizardman build, and and actually orcs as well, like in chaos, and that's why I take the human mighty Zug build. 'Cause it suddenly throws a spanner into the works of a team that's trying yeah. kind to of bash through it. <clears throat> oh my god, I've got humans with two block strength five dudes. What the fuck do I do? Like and and, and so, those types of spanners are interesting in tournaments where they where they make you really struggle and try and play around it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, while lizards are strong against almost the entire range of opponents, we've mentioned lizards as the is the one real bogey team. Interestingly, and I don't know if you found this either, Dan. Humans give me some problems as a lizard coach. Now, it's not because I can't out-bash and strength them generally because over the course of one single drive, yeah. But I've always got numbers. If the coach knows what they're doing, they're fouling Mm. at the right times. They may well have two blow players if they've got a star. I
0: think I fouled one of your players off in that game, actually.
1: Yes, you did. (laughs) Um, And and Luke's... I think I've only got, how's it, 30-odd games, three losses. I think two of those are against humans. Um, Luke was another opponent And he just basically surrounded a source and fouled it He didn't care if he got sent off So I think humans are partly a bowie opponent Because of the numbers But also because they're almost the same mobility And almost the same strengths Humans aren't good at either of them massively But they've got the speed They've got a bit of guard generally in their team For the strength Um, They negate some of your advantages as lizards And they've got more numbers to boot So I, I find them a tricky, tricky opponent
2: definitely it's like when people talk about what's good versus what everyone always say oh lizards good against humans because of the strength and and the speed and everything else but then humans are fast and as you say if you take a build with you know a zug you got two strength five players then okay then you find yourself doing what i mentioned earlier about the what you want to do to your opponent If they're doing that to you where they're you're sucking in your strength four players to take on their strength five guy and then you're sucked in and they've got the speed to come around and, and assault your skinks it's putting you under pressure um, so that's again why star players on opposite teams do make your life a lot harder so when you're facing your Roxies you know and, and, and all that you need an answer for it um, I mean you know, Dan what would you stuff. take
0: so for a standard 1.1 uh, Lisman build what would you take in a tournament build so say let's say we're going to go for 1.1 4 or 5 skills like I don't think mm-hmm. that makes a massive difference I think 4, is like four or 5 is great but four, you're never going to get a double so 4 or 5 normals what would you take in a 1.1 standard Lisman build Dan well
2: that question is literally the perfect thing for Lizerman. okay because you are basically saying what are you doing with 60k so 1.1 as i mentioned a couple of times before so to get your 11 players you're looking at 860 okay so your rerolls are 60k so do you want free rerolls well that's you know that puts you on 1040 so it gives you 60k without the apo and you've got a choice now do i take an apo and have 10k spare do i take a spare skink and have him on the bench which is my personal play style because um, I like, with the 1.1, I like to have that player on the bench because you know, he's coming on second half, you've got that movement, you, you know, you've lost a player, so what, he's there. Um, you know, and he's, yeah, if, if you're really struggling with your skinks and it's, your opponent has been targeting him, targeting him, targeting him, uh, you, know, you, you know you've got one on the bench who's coming in second half. Um, it, that is the big question. What do you use that 60k for? Is he the re-roll? you know can you can you take a, an extra reroll? can you take that extra skink It's again play style what what you prefer yeah. it's yeah it's another one with no wrong answer um but yeah it's it's take the
1: extra body um or take the aPO in my book mm. certainly not the extra reroll but um the reason i i think originally I went with an extra man and I've changed that and I've changed that in the same way that i I think I did build valve teams as well I'm one no the aPO for me, it's critical to keep my Saurus on the pitch early in the game. So if I've had if one Soros go off KO and another one gets KO'd APO, I don't care if that's first half in the yeah. tunnel. Um, because once you've got two of those chipped off, like I mentioned earlier, it's an entirely different game. It's not a pretty game. Um, so I go for that. Um, it's not used for skinks unless we're probably in the second half and maybe I'm down to two or something like mm-hmm. that. But in most cases, it's just even to keep a K.O. Saurus on in the first half. Um, so that's, yeah. But like I said, it's not, it's not a bad choice. You, you're going to be regretting not having the extra skink when you've not used your Apo at all on the Saurus, right? So, it's so what, what skills, are take, Dan, for those, skills are you going to
0: take, Dan? You've got four skills. you Are going to really skill those Saurus up? Are you going to look for size step on the skinks? We talked about a league in the skink. In the league situation, you take size step on the skinks straight well, away.
3: Yeah, four,
2: But if four, you, four, you've
0: got no doubles, so you can't do that on the skinks, are you going to skill up the Saurus?
2: Yeah. All all your skills go to the Soruses. And and it's a case of again, what playstyle are used to doing? Um, four is a bit of a tricky one. Taking Lizardmen with just four, it's a case of then I would find it hard to justify sparing one for tackle. If you're taking five skills, then yes, four skills for block, one skill for tackle. That's the way I play. And then I'd have, you know, your tackle and your unskilled Saurus. If you're playing teams like Orcs where you don't need the tackle, then they're on your line. You're your line fodder. Um, you know, if it's if I'm playing against a team that's agility-based, like Amazons and stuff like that then my Saurus is behind the line doing the running left and right to try and be that sweeping player. Um, so that is my personal view on them. It's, you know, it's again, like, what are you going to waste those skills on? You know, wrestle, as, as we've already covered plenty of times. No, you know, it's juggernaut. They've got strength access, but when are you, when are you using mighty blow um, on a player that doesn't have a block or something, whether the reliability isn't there. Um, you know, it's in, in a tournament, it's not giving you SPP, it's you are not a bash team. Everyone's like, Oh, there's a bash team because they're so strong, but they're not. It's you're literally spamming. And that's why we, that's what the first thing we mentioned here about what tournament you're going to. Can you spam? Yes. Well, you're a spamming team. You, you are spamming the same basic skill. And it's a case of, well, is there small variance on that? Cause no one, you're very rarely giving skills. If you have seven skills, okay, well I'll, I have another normal. Is it really worth having that one sidestep skink? No, I'll put stand firm four, on the cross. I mean-
0: in those four skills, are you going to go for three block and, and a tackle? Because you were talking down about taking a tackle, Soros. Is that something you bring into a tournament, or is that purely well, no. a league play thing?
2: No, it both. In, in, a, in, a, in a league, I would go block, block, tackle, and then block spam, and then see yep. the second skill where I go from there. If I was going to a tournament, then you've got to think what you're facing, what the what rule said. If you're only allowed four skills for a tier one team, and you know you're playing Wood Elves, you know you're playing this... Yeah, but then when you come up against those dwarf players that have, you know, uh, Chaos Dwarfs and everything else, they've spammed theirs guard and you've gone, well, I've now got three block-reliable players, two might get to caught up and I've got one as a blitzing player and your tackle's doing nothing. It's, it's the question of what value are you getting from it? So four, I would find it hard to justify taking the, the one tackle player. If it's, if it's a five-skill tournament, like, like this current Euro Bowl is going to be next year in, in Poland, then one tackle, four block, would probably be my go-to.
0: Euro Bowl's been pushed back to 2021. Have you seen, Dan? Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm,
2: I'm actually talking to the captain of the team, as, as, as we speak, so yeah. <laughs> but
0: yeah, anyway, anyway. <laughs> much from much, I'll, I'll just see you there, it's been pushed back. Um, what do you think, Gritter? Do you, do you agree? Do you think that in a, in a four-skill team that you can...
1: Uh, not- okay, in a four-skill team, I'm not taking this. So I'll be that straight about it. Mm. Four skills is cut off for me. No, um, you viable... take lizards at all. No, there's there's more viable teams, mainly elves, uh, but for only four skills. Um, yeah, it's not to say that lizards are not competitive; they still are. I just I think that the five skills is where they become really. So,
0: what viable. do you take at five skills?
1: Uh, three block, two break, tackle. If I was forced okay. to pick a lizard team with only four skills, I would go with the all block option. Actually. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's what, so, what's your opponent um, I mean,
1: I
0: mean, again? Is it yeah, I was going to say, Jens, so, I mean, Dan, you, you clearly fundamentally disagree. At five skills, you probably wouldn't take break tackle. Is that right?
2: Well, I don't play that way anyway, as, as we've yeah, mentioned a lot of times. So, Martin, I,
0: what, so before we come to you, Dan, what, so what do you use those break tackle for? You take three block and the break tackle,
2: and yeah, then, Dan, so, you can
0: come back and, and we'll have a discussion about that.
1: So, it's, or, always, a, it's always a minimum of two break tackle, because one can be taken out of the game really easily. And what, what two break tackle gives me is far more options in any sort of field position or game circumstance than, than two block players do instead. Um, yeah. Be that recovering to ke- get back down the pitch to get after a stall of the enemy ball carrier uh, instead of just hitting the opponent in front of him or whis- whisking a five-up dodge, whether it's my opponent not having seen it, there's an apt option for me to blitz and going through a two-up dodge through a couple of tackle zones and hit a carrier, which happens, particularly uh, into weaker opponents. Or Whether it's against particular opponents like dwarves, where you can win a blocking war just straight up, but actually the dwarf team becomes so much shitter when you've got move six, effective agility four for one movement, uh, for one square of movement uh, piece that can go anywhere, and then you've got two of them. I, I've dwarves become an absolute nightmare for the dwarf approach. I I think when you've got a listening team which can have strength four pieces dodging all over the place as well um, yeah. so i just think it gives you more strength and versatility across a range of opponents sacrifices a little bit of bashing power but i don't think a lot i don't think two block i mean three block versus five block is a lot of difference
2: in my yeah it's it's you know i just say your play style and everything else if your opponent if you're, if, if you're playing against me and I see that you've got the, the, the break tackle um, roster, as Martin was saying, then my block players are targeting your break tackle players. They're cutting away your mobility. If, uh, if you get KO'd and removed from the pitch, then you have cut <laughs> up. But yeah, exactly, Why you yeah. have two. Um, but then you, you, you're forced to take those two. Um, I'm using block because, as I say, if you've started off playing orcs and you're used to kind of getting wedged in and how you play, things like that, then you're relying on the block armor nine to keep your players on the pitch. So you're, you're ha- having them standing, tying players up, and then you just get to, to move around. Um, it's, it's 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 difficult, i I just say, and it's and it's a case of what are you playing against? What are tiering? If the tiering is so in the favor of oh, we, we hate tier ones, we want to see variety, variety, um, and then okay, oh well, all you end up seeing is loads of tier two. So you have got your pro elves with. A million skills you've got necro that are within oh, you can take a you know double you can take a double and a single on players blah 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 oh, all of a sudden you've got a werewolf that's got you know block mighty blow and he's using him as his target blitz player every time to remove your players and, and you're struggling that way anyway it's, tournaments are, are, are difficult and it's all the rule set everything relies on the rule set yeah just
1: one just one other thing i was gonna say as well um, i think most of my Choice leaning towards break tackle are based upon you're not just not in an ideal scenario. If you're not in an ideal scenario, you're already down a couple of men. Yeah, your remaining soars are all blocker got tagged, and you're just relying on skinks at that if, point. If you if you can't, and that's that's why I think it gets you out of if, trouble.
2: If you don't have a sweeper to hit, and you can't do the skink swarm, and then your last option in, in my style of play is that you're looking at the five plus dodge. It's the five, but, right. but then it's, yeah, but then one in three I've, does happen. It's not. Yeah. Crazy. So I think, I, think
1: my- I don't think there's so much more to say. I think just to summarize for you, Tom, it's go go all block. You've got more reliability. you are statistically hit stuff down more. You might remove a few more slightly bashier. Uh, break tackle, you negate some of that advantage in, in having less block, obviously. Um, but I think it just gives you more possibilities. And the more possibilities you've got. The more mistakes your opponent can hence make in comparison, and the more ways you can dice yourself out of trouble. Um, so yeah, that's that's the I think for me why I go that option just gets you out of trouble that more. more And it, you know, it might only be one game in six, but that might be the game that wins you the game you need to get a tournament win, as opposed to oh, well, I did solidly, I got three wins out. Of five. That, and, and yeah,
0: and just we'll, we'll come back. So, Greta, we'll come to you in a minute about. Slightly more eclectic Lisbon teams using some stars, and I think that um, draw and dribble are, are options, and some other stars are good. and, and I'd be interested yeah. to hear your views, but Dan definitely the sort of team environment of using a Lisbon team, and they're really like, a, they're like an anvil to the hammer, aren't they? They're a team that can absolutely block the opponents that are coming in in the team environment, aren't they?
2: Yeah, I mean, I say Lisman are so good at doing what they do, and I just as we've mentioned so many times, the, the players help each other out. Uh, you know and you 've got, you've got the answers to whatever you're facing if it 's a team event and you 've got this thing of okay, we are going to a team event, you can take three teams, and they can 't be the same. so everyone looks at each other okay well i 'll play lizards, that person might play wood elves, that person might play something 're they're, they're good but it's it's you know what are you looking at you think so if you 're an eight man team um, for the, for, the, for the big tournament you 've got your you know, as jomanji always says you 've got your big four you 've got your dark elves, wood Elves, lizard men undead. And then, what are your other four teams that you're yeah. bolting onto that? It depends on the rule set. So this
3: is good yeah, at it, yeah.
2: Exactly, and and lizard men always get not kind of, uh, put into that big four. So that's you know that's why you'll never ever see them outside of tier one because they are part of the big four. It's they're gonna be there. But the reliability and you can play them well even with bad, you know, if you have bad skill options. So yeah, or the tierings not in their favor. You can still play them well where they can compete.
0: And in a weird kind of way, that's their one weakness like um and i'd say like against you gritter and we'll come to you in a minute but like i have played lisman a lot now um when i played you as my i I actually had a sub optimal i'm not blowing my (laughs) trumpet here but i had a sub optimal human team i hadn't built this human team to win my events obviously because i was playing the team in the event but i had the mighty and i was like great well i've got um you know uh strength players i've got two strength five players I kind of know, and I had humans. I kind of know how to play around their weaknesses, and that the Saurus and I, my my particular event, the Super Bowl, has got quite a restricted skill system. So only, that, I think the Tier One team five have five it's skills. Five. Yeah, I've, so they got I've won it
1: twice. We'd lose I remember.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, you've won the Super <laughs> But in this in particular, I didn't. I didn't play twice. in those two. So you know, <laughs> but you know, but that's that, that, I think that's the weakness of that if. Um, and I'm talking particularly at the moment about a team environment, but if you know how to play against them and you can match those strengths into the Lizardman's weakness, which is to, as you said, Dan, to tie up those players with, I had those two in this particular instance against Ugrita. I had the strength five, mighty Zerg with block. I had the Ogre with block. I had enough skilled players around that to dodge around it and and provide my movement. And I used my players quite effectively to tie up the Saurus. And I, I remember getting, rel- you know, you've got to get a bit lucky in all Blood Bowl, that's how you play it. But I got a bit lucky. I, I think I removed a couple of players quite early on, so I had the number of yeah. as well. But you've got to play that game against the Lizards where you're trying to tie up their maneuverable strength pieces in a tournament environment with your strength tie yuppie pieces. So again, you know, Gritta, we talked um, recently about the Undead that's going to come out soon. You know, in that environment, you use your mummies. If you can fucking get those mummies into the Saurus and tie up some Saurus, that's a really strong environment, and that's where the lizards are going to struggle. You've got to really, if listeners, if you're going to play against the lizards and try and negate those you know, strengths that they've got, those are the sorts of teams that you're going to use, aren't they, Dan? Like, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, undead all depends on if the mummies are firing or not. As you said, they'll tie up your players with the mummies, um, but they're only shrimp free. You know, if you can get them down on the butts and run away, and they're on the wrong side of the pitch, or you can tie them up with one AV9 Saurus and you're on the other side, they're not doing anything. It's all about mobility then. And then you're running away from their movement for zombies, uh, using your Blitz to free up your Sauruses, and then you're in the backfield against you know against the you know uh, maybe blodging Gauls or the 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 one scary the more scary piece on their team is the tackle white when you play on dead tackle white for me is more scarier than the strength five money. And that's what you're constantly looking out for. Cause he's the one who's going to be targeting your skinks, removing them from the pitch. Um, and then and he's making you play in the areas of pitch that he wants you to play in rather than the other way around, which lizard men is their strength. They play in the pitch, the area of the pitch they want to play in. They make you play in the areas of pitch that you want them to be. Um, uh, undead, as you keep saying, are up there. You know, they're part of the big four as well, and you you have to get used to playing these teams. If you're part of the big four, you play, I, I never, I've never lost to dark elves with Lizardman, ever. Um, you know, I bunch them up, smash them, and that's the only time I kind of say I would become a bit of a, a bash team because I'm using my strength, and, and negating their strengths.
0: Well, Dan, I'm getting good at dark, uh, uh, Undead at the moment. So let's have a game. I mean, I think I, think I can take you on. I think I could, having had this podcast, and we thought about it as Gritter, I'm currently playing Undead in the yeah. ECBBL Fumble League. And Gritter's told me how to play them. And it's interesting nice to hear you, how you would play Lizardman, because now I think we could play. And I could
3: <laughs> with the tears, <laughs> and let's do it.
0: Uh, but, yeah. And I think that's, that, that sort of draws a line under, under the sort of more competitive... Um, you know, style of play, how you play them in team builds. And, and to say that, you know, Lizardmen are one of those really stable teams. They play the averages and they've got the players to do that. Ritter,
1: yeah, you got a couple gonna, of
0: teams with stars. That would be- I, I was
1: just going to say one other thing. since you were talking about sort of playing teams, in team tournaments. Um, I'd agree when you've got eight in a team. Question is, when you're a team of only three or four, mm-hmm. do you still think Lizards are a strong choice, then? Because I've I've argued yes, but I've also been shot down and thought I had a point when they said, well, the chance of you drawing against woodies in the opposite team is so astronomically much higher yeah. than normal that they're, and they're such a bogey team.
2: Yeah, um, well, it, it, again, it comes down to experience and stuff like that. Like I'd like, spent a whole year playing Lizardmen, and when you're playing on the top tables with Lizardmen, you get used to playing Wood Elves. If you're used to playing those type of games then you can it, then yeah take them as a team of three if it's a team you're strong with then you play your to your strengths if it's a team you're weak with or you're just trying it out it's the first time you take it and you go into a free man tournament then i wouldn't suggest I they'll take lizard in. um you know because when you come up against the wood else if you don't know how to do that double double cage then you're going to struggle you know it's, it's knowing how to be adaptable and change the style of your team to play against what you're playing against so as, as you keep saying if you're playing against a strength team then you yeah. spread them out if you're playing against a agility but, team you want to bunch. but even of
1: but even so knowing how to coach against woodies would you still do you still think that your win percentage is lizards versus woodies is that much lower than than a range of other uh, other teams because that would be my experience i guess but um not that it's a necessarily a losing win percentage but instead of it being i don't know 70 it's 50.
2: It can be, but as you say, if you're asking me personally, I've got quite a good record against Wood Elves um, because, I've, as you say, I've got a more of a basher lizard man build. If I've got the break tackle build, then It'd yeah. Be it's less useful. useful. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's a case of how you build your team to what you're face against. Because um, when you've got all the and they're bunching up with two or three... Um, wood elves against one of your players and you've still got block and you're hitting their armor seven players that don't have block and then you're getting up on numbers and you've got the speed and then you can swarm them and stuff like that you're only concerned about the two war dancers so it's a case of well, what are you used to facing what your play styles and it's, it's all those variables that we've been talking about for the last you know however long yeah, we've yeah. been doing this now um to, to how you how you perform so i would still take them in the three-man team for my play style because i use them because i'm used That's to it That's an
1: interesting one. So I think the takeaway that I'm going to have a think about this afterwards is, you know, if I'm going to be playing any sort of more top tier team events, I might consider uh, more of Dan's sort of skill choice and build over and above mine. I think mine excels against the meta it plays against in London, which Mm -hmm. is a lot more strength and bashy teams. Yeah, uh, that isn't always taught in the meta so, I mean yeah.
2: again cer- certain countries have different I'd say metas so if you're playing against the Germans they are bash, They are full on bash and they love those bash teams and what I think is especially us being in, in the UK we need to start approaching how we play our teams that we play reg- more regularly if you're playing top level and you're going to York and you're going to UKTC and, and and all that you're coming up against the Germans the good players that play those styles and stuff you know what they're going to be bringing you know their play styles and we don't we don't because re- you know, we we, we go into tournaments for a bit of a laugh, a bit of a fun, but how competitive are we? Do we want to compete on the world scene or do we want to just do well at a local tournament where we play against our mates and we take an okay team and, and stuff like that? So, so it, when you start going up those levels of play, it's you know, what are you thinking? What are you bringing? What are your approaches to team builds? So yeah, that was, that, that was, that's what I say. That in a three-man team, I would still take Lizard's the way I play them. If I played them the way you played them, I probably wouldn't. Then it, If it's a rule set like the new... Eurobowl is going to be where it is a free man team it's so agility-based I probably wouldn't if I was wouldn't, playing with yeah. break tackle that build I wouldn't take them to a three-man team Fair enough makes sense
0: That makes perfect sense Dan. thank you and I think that draws a good line under the, the sort of team build and the competitive side of Lisman and um, I think we'd all agree that Lisman are a fantastically competitive team that you almost can't go wrong with like and we talked about this with the undead and I've done, I've done a few teams on this now we've done uh, Nurgle, which was the most, the most recent one that we released, you can go wrong with. But Lizerman is one of those teams that is, has got so many strengths that you almost can't go wrong with them, like in terms of what you do. Um, but Greta, I mean, what would you take for a slightly more, not too fun, but like a little bit more of a, a varied, you know, approach to the tournament build using
1: stars and that sort of thing? Using stars. So, so one I had a look at earlier. Um, so same starting TV we were talking about. Oh, no, I've just realised it's 10K over. Balls. I knew there was something <laughs> wrong. Oh, right, shit. so if you did have an extra 10K, which you don't, and it was 1-100 instead of one you could have fitted in drill and dribble. I knew there was a reason when before I started having to look at that this morning why I thought this didn't work, and now I've just seen it. I can't add up. Um, it used to be something you could do, and Dan Bulley mentioned this, you could do that with a hemlock build. Uh, he was 20K cheaper, though. Um, so at the normal starting TV for most tournaments even including stars in your roster you can't hire uh, Drill and Dribble unless you go down to two re-rolls and no APO which to me is mm, yeah I'm not doing that Um, (laughs) I guess you could make the argument for maybe doing it with two re-rolls and the APO that might just work actually Uh, but I don't personally like to go below the three re-rolls so I think, for me, if I was going to consider taking a
2: star, it'd have to be a TV one one fifty upwards. Personally, yeah. it's so okay. hard to fit fit one in. It, you don't see many stars with Lisbon team because the, the players you've got do so well, and yeah. you know, you don't have access to a star that's got shorthands. hands. You know, you don't have access to something that's going to make you more reliable. In what you do. Uh, do, are you giving up re rolls to get the star in? You probably are. You giving up re rolls. You giving up players. You know, and those are your yeah, skinks, but they're your movement eight players. You're giving up so much to get these guys in that it's hard to justify it.
0: I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we talked about Droll and Dribble. I mean, they, they are really good, aren't they? They bring they do bring some stuff to the Lisman team you don't have. And yeah. we've said that already, that the Liz, the reason the lisbon are so good, and that's why... In my head, I kind of struggle a little bit because the Croxagore is an integral piece to the Lizardman, but he's got bonehead and he has some problems. And like we said, Gritter, on our other podcast about the undead, they've got none of that loner bonehead, none of those loner bonehead problems. And the Kroxagor does. So Lizardman, for me, are like best they are that reliable team and they are and, and hmm. you guys are both nodding with me they are strong reliable teams in the tournament environment but the Croxigor just for me adds that little element of non-reliability that you don't want like you don't want to take a risk with him he's a one in six chance of being a fuck up
1: you see it always seems like more than one in six as well i, I definitely yeah. remember many halves of blood bowl where i've had eight turns of shitness, which might have included two turns where he activated and sculled out um, so it always seems like more so yeah he never relied on him but the, yeah but we kind of talked about it before but he definitely adds something because it's one less skink that gets smacked in the face from the pitch there's a player that can occupy two opponent players and still not necessarily take anything worse than an up your block um, but yeah can't when, rely. We,
0: when we played Gritter I remember I remember it well I remember um,
1: actually yeah. red I red letter date for you
0: I killed or knocked out the Crocs pretty early on and I remember you going ooh that's huge um but then you
1: predicted you, you know you, i wasn't you talking trained. about the crocs yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i mean i'd had some wines you know that was that was I mean, yeah, I actually, I to be honest, when I have some wines, it's not huge, but you know, that's a different story. But yeah, so, so but, but you, you know, the Crocsigor was out and you, at, the, at the time you were worried, but you proceeded to put on a pretty good defense. And that's the thing about the sort, the Lizardman, even in the tournament, the Crocsigor, he's a big guy. He's good. Mm. He adds a lot to the team. But you don't fucking need him. You've still got those six strength four dudes, and I don't think you actually struggled to put the pressure on that you needed to. And it was quite a tight game all the way to the end. The score, I remember the Crocscore was out for quite a lot of the game, actually. I think it was out for.
1: Yeah, the- it's the pretty kind of standard game. in my experience. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, but, but the Saurus can do a job, and, it, and it's an argument, like we talked about before, about maybe taking the Zoat, who doesn't have Bonehead, or, or other teams ooh, in the tournament ooh. field. If you, if you could bit the Zoat in for 280k. I'm going to 1.
2: see 1. how much that videos. comes out. Uh, a see... 1.2, maybe a 1.2 tournament. Yeah, could you so you, you, you're not taking the Crocs, so you only need to one, find 140. Um, yeah, you can so do, it, you can do get... it at
1: 1,200, but no APO and only two rerolls. Mm. And as you said,
0: Dan, oh, the Apo...
1: That includes a Crocs, so that's interesting. Ooh, Ooh. Crocs
0: and Zoat at 1.2, with no yeah. APO though. So you, could, yeah. so you could actually take no Crocs and Zoat and instead of the Crocs Igor, and get an APO. And Dan, as you said, the APO for you is critical, isn't
2: it? No, I don't take the APO. He doesn't take one. Oh, at no. the tournament, sorry. No, I, no I, I take the free reroll extra player version and sorry, do not I, use I, the, the APO. Um, although, what you just said, there, if you could take the Crocs and so out. Two, two, ta- two, tw- two tails on one, pl- one ball carrier. Is that minus two to the dodge? Ooh. Yeah, it is. I don't think they
1: stack. stack, do they? They stack. stack. yep. yep
2: yeah
0: and that's yeah. only come up that's only come up martin and i'll say that in the secret league that we're doing on the DVR. Oh, okay i'd never had it before but i was like oh my god prehensile tail does stack yeah it doesn't say anything about it. it literally minus one minus one minus one and there are, there's a dryad team that's got like four players of prehensile tail i was like oh my god yeah. that's okay. nobody <laughs> has done the maths on this that's really bad. <laughs> like, so, yeah. so yeah prehensile tail does stack so yeah that's double stinking. that's interesting so 1.2 Zo- like Zolcast the Zoat, Croxigore Six Saurus,
1: mm. And
3: the
0: Skinks
1: Zol- so he's just tri- 12
0: players Or 11 players
1: uh, It's, it's going to have um, Star within your 11
0: Okay So that's That's 11 players Two re-rolls
1: I think that's what I said I, so I, I changed it now To a different thing Because I was playing about I um, had the Crocs back in Two re-rolls No APO Yeah Strong. I mean, I mean I've I done. Think, that. I think
0: I could take that. I think that's uh, that's an option.
1: Yeah, I think I think this is basically the build that I did, but instead, because it's before Zolkath, it was Silly Billy that I had. So you had an extra thirty k available on top of that, which you mm. couldn't do a lot with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was you could certainly bully most teams with that. Um, it'd be the sort of um, team choice where you would probably choose to receive first if you won the toss, just because your plan is to. You're gonna have eight turns where you're not gonna get near the ball, you're gonna spend
2: it all on your back and hopefully some of you ain't coming back. But then that <laughs> that that high T V, you're facing your opponents that do have, they'll have stars. Griff, you know. they'll have Roxy, they'll have well, yeah. yeah. I mean Davey. and that's
0: the thing. I think I think gentlemen, you know, we'll we'll sort of close... we' are getting to the end of this podcast now I'll close it out. But lizardmen are really strong on that 1.1 aren't they? And you don't want to fuck about with stars there. But they are strong yeah. and that's why they're tier 1. Like, you know, and as you said Greta, probably uh, four skills would you agree Sam that you might consider something else unless you have to take them in a team environment? Would you agree sort of quickly?
2: Four skills I'm going all block. Okay. So, so you you you're relying on the bash because that's it's what you need to tie players up.
0: And that's, and that's Dan's view of in a team environment where you need the lizards to, to do the job in like an eight team environment, you know, you, you do need them. Uh, but as gritters, gritters coming from very much a, what am I going to take as a personal choice to like a, to an event, like a singles event, um, four skills, probably not going to consider the lizards, might take something else, you know, like walks. Yeah, orcs, yeah. You know, um, and, if, and if I was, and if I was stronger,
1: yeah, if I probably wouldn't take lizards and if I was forced to, I'd go with four block like Dan. Because um, there isn't enough to get two of something else.
0: That's a really good decision. I mean, it's interesting, Dan. Before we close it out, we were talking about, um, you know, like uh, where you can only take doubles. Like you can get block on the Croxigore. You can get yeah. block on some skinks. And like the Saurus are going to take edge. They're going to take dodge instead, probably, so they can't hit people. But it's it's not utterly terrible, is it?
2: If I went to that tournament, so if I went to Cambridge doubles. And I could take doubles over on one. I would take the Lizard Man stunty team. <laughs> as you say, block on the, cro- block on the crocs. Block
0: everywhere. Yeah, block on the
2: crocs. On all your movement eight skinks. You know, <laughs> yeah. swarming everywhere.
0: Maybe take, maybe take Zombie. Maybe a bit of wrestling. Get,
2: yeah. get him in there. Yeah, but that, that, I say it'd be because he's more reliable because then he is blitzing. Because with that skink thing, you need a blitzer. And he's got Juggernaut and he's got the strength 5. Even, even, as, even though he's only movement 5, you say he's got that sure feet to try and keep him up against the, mm. the ball carrier. Yeah. I I would take Zoe so out in a, a skink, skink team, yeah. Yeah.
1: Only thing I, I was gonna say that um, another Dan, Dan Wolfin, or whatever his actual real yeah. name is Wolfin. Um, um, he he took blizzards to Came Dub uh, a couple of years ago and did really well with him, I think. Uh, also, it was it was it might have been with Will, yeah. And it yeah. took all doubles on, obviously on the, on the skinks. Um, but I went to Came Dub last year with with that Dan. Um, I didn't think of. I mean the thing is when you have a everybody can take double skill choice there's other teams that become more powerful it's not losers um, suddenly the stunty teams and the ogre teams are like immense potentially uh, yeah. or as I found Dark Elves stacking a whole load of guard and mighty blow was, was win um, so I
0: mean it sounds it sounds really easy easy mode almost it was
1: easy mode I, I, I did win it
0: but but yeah i mean to draw a line under this gentleman um you know Lizardman, super reliable they do what they do best but in a way that other teams don't they do add a bit of extra if you want to have a bit of fun and take some styles and stuff they're still good so it's a thing you can add in and like why why wouldn't you but but yeah bottom line they're really reliable tier one team and you can do some other shit with them if you want um and and I think there's not a lot more to say, is there, on tournament? Nah,
1: no. you play you play to the team's strengths, you amplify them as much as you can. There's not really many weaknesses apart from your strength to carry on.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult, just, isn't it, Dan? With with the tier one teams to so like get your head set out of it, where other teams are trying to build teams to bring themselves up to the tier one level. Like Lizardmen are at the tier one level, and there's like a few things that you can do, but you know if you do some other things, they could. You could bring them down to tier two, and they'd still be good. But like, and you could do that, and that'd be fun. And and, and you know, Blood Bowl—it's a lot of fun to do shit like that and, and play around with stars and have fun shit. And you know, do, do things outside of a competitive team environment where you have to win. And Littman can do that, but almost like, why would you? <laughs> <It's like laughs> you would do it for the <laughs> da, 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 da dinosaur <laughs> da, da, da. kind of mode. But but overall, tier one, do what they do do it well and I think we've covered it haven't we Dan?
2: Yeah yeah there's there's not much more we can say now it's nail on the head you are doing everything right if you're taking them and using their players to help each other out and rely on their strengths and that's it that's that's all that we said. (laughs)
0: Love it well I think gentlemen that covers the Lizardman Um, I'm sure I'm going to get both of you on for other reviews ladies and gentlemen we're going to do I'm going to try and do every single race there is in Blood Bowl over the next probably month or two over the lockdown. I mean, why the fuck not? Let's get them out there. Um, I think people are enjoying them. I think they're going well. Um, and I think we've covered Lidsman, uh, to the nines tonight. Um, Dan, thank you very much. Anything more to add on the Lidsman as a last comment or not? Uh,
2: no, I've got a pretty much covered, it, covered it all now.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, Gritta, anything more to add on the Lisbon before we cut this off?
1: Lizardmen for life. <laughs>
0: Lizman for life. I mean, both of these guys have taken them. So Dan took them in the DBL and did extremely well, and was as as we've covered a bit unlucky, but also some tactical you know mistakes that he made himself. But also, I watched the game. He was slightly unlucky anyway. Like he could have still won. That's how good Elizabeth are. He made a mistake, but he could have survived. Um, and Gritta you did extremely well with them in the ECBBL, didn't you?
1: Uh, yep, won ECBL a couple of seasons back and, oh, and a few NAF tournaments can't. as well.
0: <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, for me, listeners, Lizerman is certainly a team. I'm going to be using the ECBBL.
3: Um, as you know,
0: I've uh, mentioned this in a few podcasts. I tend to do the autumn league as more competitive. I'm doing air quotation marks now and and try and be competitive in it. So maybe this is one for me in the autumn. I'm going to I might give it a go and then I do like a silly team in the spring. So
1: what? So what you're saying there, Tom, is it's the season for me to take Woodhills again. Brilliant. Okay. Thanks for letting me know.
0: <laughs> well if i'm the one to beat gritter if i'm the one to beat then
3: yeah,
1: um, yeah, yeah. good point <laughs>
0: thank you very much Chats, for coming on um and i'm sure we'll get both of you on again soon uh thank you dan
2: oh, thank you it's been a pleasure
0: and uh thank you gritter thank you Tom. and uh, ladies and gentlemen we will see you again soon
3: bye-bye